0: Park Commission of February 15 to order. Ashley, would you please call the roll?
1: Commissioner Anderson? Here. Commissioner Hallacy Here. Commissioner Jupiter Jones? Here. Commissioner Louie? Here. Commissioner Mazzola? Here. Commissioner Wintraub? Here. Commissioner Zwart? Here. Okay. The San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We honor the Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to Mother Earth. As the indigenous protectors of this land and and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As stewards of parkland, we recognize our duty to honor the Ohlone through thoughtful and informed preservation and interpretation of ancestral land. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as first peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community. Good morning and welcome to the Recreation and Park Commission meeting of February 15th, 2024. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall room 416 with options to join and provide public comment both in person and remotely. We ask that you please turn off electronic devices and take any secondary conversations outside in order for the meeting to proceed as efficiently as possible. We ask listeners to turn down your televisions and or computers while listening on the phone. We ask for your patience if we experience any technical issues. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Unless otherwise announced by the president, each person will have two minutes for public comment on each item. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. If you would like to speak on any item today, we request, but do not require you to complete a blue card. For those of you who would like to join the meeting remotely, you may view the meeting live on TV or via webinar using the link provided at the top of today's agenda. You may provide public comment remotely via our webinar or via phone by calling 415-655-0001 using today's access code, which is two six six one six five five two seven zero three, 2703 and the webinar password, which is 0215. When you hear the agenda item, you would like to comment on call to dial star 3 to be added to the queue to speak. You'll be lined up in the system in the order you dial star 3 and the system will notify you when you are in line and waiting. All callers will remain on mute until their line is open. Please address your comments to the commission during public comment on items in order for in order to allow equal time for all. Neither the Commission nor staff will respond to any questions during public comment. The Commission may ask questions of staff after public comment is closed. If there is an item of interest to you that is not on the agenda today and is under the subject matter jurisdiction of the Commission, you may speak under general public comment and that is item 4 and will be continued to item 12. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways. By emailing recpark.commission at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be included in the legislative file as part of the matter. Written comments may also be sent via the U.S. Postal Service to San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission, 501 Stanyan Street, San Francisco, California, 94117. The following are short announcements for those of you joining us in person today. If the fire alarms activate, you must evacuate the building in an orderly fashion using any exit. Please note that elevators will immediately return to the first floor and are not available for use. If you need assistance out of the building, please make your way to the closest area of refuge, which is directly across the hall in the men's restroom. Inside the restroom is a speaker box. President City Hall security will answer. Let them know your location, and they will assist you. Please note that this commission meeting is being recorded and will be available for later viewing on sfgovtv.org. OK, we are now on item two, the president's report.
0: Thank you, Ashley. Welcome, everybody. Um, February is a month of great celebrations. We have Black History Month and Lunar New Year. And I would like to cede some of my time over to Commissioner Louie, who's going to talk about Lunar New Year.
2: Commissioner? Okay. uh, Welcome, everybody. Um, This year, we are going to say goodbye to the year of the rabbit, February 10th marked that year. And we are going to welcome the year of the dragon. And um, although the year of the rabbit was a very um, challenging one, uh, it is said so will be the year of the dragon. But, you know, we are hopeful. Uh, February 23rd, they crown a new uh, Miss Chinatown USA. There was a big pageant. And then on February 24th, is the uh, Alaska Airlines sponsored Chinese New Year's Parade. It is the largest uh parade with i believe 174 floats um outside of uh asia so uh and that means uh, best wishes for the new year and uh, best health and happiness to you
3: all Amen.
2: thank you um it's
0: also black history month and um i wanted to share a little something that came from our um, health and human resources department in the city there's a wonderful online um, there's a wonderful website put on by the association for the study of african-american life and history and there was a person named carter woodson who established negro history week in nineteen twenty six and he realized that it was really important to provide a theme to focus the attention of the public And so a theme that we are working with now is African Americans and the arts. And there are many wonderful events that are happening this month. And um, I encourage you to check out the city's website and attend some of them, including there was one just the other day, uh, a joint one with the Asian American community, um, I think, over at the library. So lots of great celebrating there. And then I just wanted to mention, and it made the news yesterday, that we did a ribbon cutting at um, the Lake Merced Trail on the south side over on John Muir, and there's a beautiful ADA um, entry now to the trail, um, and there's a brand new workout facility. And Phil Ginsburg is going to talk about his uh, workout prowess in his report. Um, And that's all I have to say. So thank you.
1: All right. Is there any public comment on the president's report? Okay. Seeing none. Is there anyone with their hand raised on our WebEx? No hands raised. Okay, seeing no public comment, public comment is closed. We're now on item three, the general manager's report. Uh,
3: thank you, Madam President. Commissioners, I will join the um, uh, happy Lunar New Year and happy Black History uh, Month greetings. Um, you can, uh, we've got a lot of stuff happening for uh, the Lunar New Year. Uh, as my staff has noted, we are coming in hot. Uh, you can catch the Lunar New Year Basketball Jamboree at Betty Anong Rec Center this Saturday, February 17th, from 10 a.m. Uh, to 4 p.m. And then, as Commissioner Louie noted, uh, the, this jamboree is actually part of the Alaska Airlines Chinese New Year Festival and Parade festivities, which, again, are Saturday, February 24th. And then also on Saturday, February 24th, there is a Black History Month parade and party at the Southeast Community Center in the Bayview. And our uh, India Basin Waterfront Park Project partner, Hip Hop for Change, will be there at the celebration, uh, recruiting community members for their 2024 program. Um, Last week, uh, I think a few of you were able to join us uh, at the Gene Friend Rec Center groundbreaking. Uh, this is a big deal in the South of Market neighborhood. It is actually uh, the very first major named project of the 2020 uh, health and uh, community health and, and, what was it called? Community health and safety parks bond? Uh, the 2020 part of it was a parks bond bond. Um, THIS IS THE FIRST MAJOR PROJECT IN THAT BOND, uh, AND THIS IS A PROJECT THAT HAS LITERALLY BEEN IN THE PLANNING FOR WELL OVER over 10 YEARS. Uh, we were joined by the mayor, uh, Supervisor Dorsey, uh, our community partner United Playas, former Supervisor Jane Kim, former Commissioner Alan Low, uh, and the son of the Rec Center's namesake uh, Don Friend. Uh, the Friend family has have been great stewards of of. The space uh, going back to 09 and '10, when they uh, supported uh, the renovation of the basketball court and went renovation of the weight room, and then went on to actually fund a big chunk of the planning costs for this really exciting, terrific new design that you all have have seen. It is a. Um, Uh, STATE OF THE ART 25,000 SQUARE FOOT REC CENTER, uh, WHICH IS GOING TO BE ABLE TO ACCOMMODATE A DIVERSE ARRAY OF ACTIVITIES AND CLASSES, AIMED AT ALL AGES AND ABILITIES. Uh, AND IT IS GOING TO BE A HUB FOR ADAPTIVE uh, 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 SPORTS, ADAPTIVE SPORTS. Uh, SO INCLUDED IN THE PROGRAMMING THERE, IT WILL HOST um, OUR uh, WHEELCHAIR BASKETBALL PROGRAM, and. A uh, adaptive power soccer program and we had um, some adaptive athletes join us at the at the ceremony Uh, it's gonna have the gym's gonna have two full-size basketball courts a modern exercise area and kitchenette reception office multi-purpose rooms the outdoor area uh, is gonna get a new playground a picnic area and a sport court new landscaping and lighting. Uh, we are slated to be done in 2026. Um, so we're all very, very, very excited about that. Uh, the project uh, is actually designed by Mark Cavanero Associates, along with Kuth uh is uh, uh, doing the architecture and Kuth uh, is doing the landscape architecture. Uh, so this is really just a terrific project, also supported by the Trust for Public Land. We wanna thank them for their help in it. Uh, so a big highlight for us last week. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, UN Plaza, which is really quite a buzz with new events. Uh, the transformation in our mid-market Civic Center area right outside of City Hall continues. UN Plaza now serving as a hub for skating, fitness, public art and installations, and now a new music series. Uh, earlier this week, we announced a free six-month concert series hosted by Illuminate called Civic Center Soundtrack. Uh, which is, I believe, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays out at Fulton Plaza, which is in between the library and the Asian Art Museum from noon to 3 p.m. Um, we are also installing with Illuminate uh, some murals on the um, Fulton Plaza hardscape. Uh, it is, uh, I think it is a massive koi by artist Jeremy Novi, uh, And then... Um, Later this spring, we'll be installing a programmable LED installation by artist Josh Huber, which is going to be hung above the plaza, uh, connected by the roofs of the Asian art and the main library. Uh, This actually adds to... um, Uh, artist Charles Gattigan's installation over at UN Plaza across from from Hyde, uh, which are uh, parts of the old Entwined exhibit that was in Golden Gate Park. Entwined has evolved and changed, and we have a new exhibit in Golden Gate Park, but some of the trees that you have seen in Golden Gate Park are now uh, gracing UN Plaza. Um, This weekend, we will be hosting the Bay Area Skate Fest on Sunday, February 18th, This is a free all-ages event, which is going to feature skateboard lessons with gear provided by Skate Like a Girl uh, (laughs) from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Lessons will be followed by an open skate session, trick contest, and more from one to three. And then, uh, finally, we just recently installed... Uh, TWO NEW CORNHOLE BOARDS AND THREE NEW FOOSBALL TABLES uh, OUT AT UN PLAZA. Uh, SO FOR THOSE OF YOU IN AND AROUND CITY HALL COMING TO MEETINGS TO GIVE PUBLIC COMMENT, GO OUTSIDE WHEN THE weather's NICE, PLAY SOME PING-PONG, uh, PLAY SOME FOOSBALL, CORNHOLE. IT'S JUST LOVELY OUT THERE. Um, AS PRESIDENT ANDERSON NOTED, uh, uh, we got to reopen Lake Merced South yesterday. We got to be joined by, uh, uh, vice president Hallisey, uh, and commissioner Wintraub, um, along with assembly member, Phil Ting district, super, uh, district seven supervisor Mirna Melgar, and then, uh, lots of community members and staff and part of the construction and design teams, uh, where we completed the first phase, of the Lake Merced trail improvement project. Under that first phase, Lake Merced South received a national fitness campaign fitness court. You can also find one, by the way, at UN Plaza, uh, along and also at the Marina Green. Uh, new picnic tables and benches, new ADA parking at the John Muir Drive uh, lot, new signage along the asphalt trails, landscaping upgrades, all kinds of good stuff. The second phase gets underway later this spring, and we'll focus on the lake's northwest corner Um, where we will be doing some ADA accessibility improvements to the pathways. And uh, we will be also adding some accessible parking spots in uh, Sunset Circle off of Lake Merced Boulevard, uh, some additional fitness stations on the north side for adult exercise. And uh, we're quite excited. This is uh, this 614-acre city park is regarded as a premier destination for a lot of different forms of recreation. BOATERS, GOLFERS, HIKERS, BIKERS, RUNNERS, AND BIRD WATCHERS. Uh, WE ARE QUITE THRILLED AND uh, AS WE <coughs> THANKED HIM PROFUSELY uh, YESTERDAY, uh, A SHOUT OUT TO ASSEMBLY MEMBER PHIL TING WHO'S WRAPPING UP HIS, WHAT DID HE SAY IT WAS? 11 YEARS? Was it 12, 12 YEARS. 12 YEARS. Uh, WOW. Uh, AT THE STATE ASSEMBLY uh, WHERE HE FOR THE LAST SEVERAL YEARS HE'S BEEN uh, BUDGET CHAIR. HE HELPED SECURE A MILLION DOLLARS. FOR THE PROJECT THROUGH STATE FUNDING FROM THE CALIFORNIA NATURAL RESOURCES AGENCY uh, AND I THINK OVER his uh, twelve years, somewhere between twenty-three and twenty-seven million dollars. Uh, <laughs> assembly member Grant has, I mean, Assembly member Grant, Assembly member, <laughs> Assembly member Ting has resulted in tw- has brought twenty-seven million dollars worth of grants, but Assembly member Ting uh, has helped uh, deliver a lot of investment in our parks. Uh, we are also very grateful to Supervisor Melgar for being a, a champion of parks in District Seven uh, and around the city generally. So we were pretty excited about that one. Uh, And then uh, tomorrow, we have another uh, reopening, uh, the Golden Gate Park Golf Course, uh, which has been closed for much of the year as the brand-new clubhouse uh, was being built, necessitated, sadly, by vandalism. Um, But we are making the most of what was a sad event, and uh, we've redesigned and figured out how to rebuild the clubhouse. Uh, The new 1,500-square-foot clubhouse features a... Uh, multifunctional lounge that will serve as an important hub not just for golfers but uh, for lots of people who actually enjoy that space and like to grab a bite to eat Uh, it will include enhanced public restrooms food and beverage concessions storage space and outdoor patio Uh, other improvements include accessible parking uh, spaces uh, new ADA pathway Uh, the clubhouse was constructed on the same footprint as the previous structure but is frankly, just a lot better designed. And uh, as part of a separate project, which was really mostly uh, uh, driven by philanthropy, uh, the First Tee completed a renovation of the nine-hole par-three golf course, which is really sort of the gateway golf course for anyone who wants to enjoy the sport in San Francisco. Many people uh, have first played golf at that site. It underwent a lot of landscaping upgrades to strengthen the natural turf and some drainage improvements. so th- big shout out to the first T for their excellent stewardship of the site and hope to see many of you out there tomorrow. Um, last week we uh, held our 40th annual MLK Luncheon 40th. This is one of Rec Park's proudest tradition uh, traditions at the mini Levy Ward Rec Center. Several of you were able to join us. The annual event celebrates uh, community members who possess the values that uh, Dr. King embodied. Speakers included the director of the Dream Keeper Initiative, Dr. Uh, Saida Latutufu Birch, uh, Mayor Breed, Supervisors Shaman Walton and Asha Safai, uh, District Attorney Brooke Jenkins and Dr. Veronica Honeycutt. As part of the luncheon, uh, the (coughs) staff who does such an amazing job in organizing this gave out three Keeping the Dream Alive awards. The first was to the San Francisco African American Reparations Advisory Committee. Uh, they received a community award for their work on the San Francisco Reparations Plan Committee Chair and former Commissioner Eric McDonald accepted the award. Uh, Eric uh, uh, is also the co-chair for our, India, one of the co-chairs for our India Basin uh, 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 Campaign Committee. And then uh, Alana Wise received the second community award for her amazing work volunteering with Rec and Park. And finally, and very proudly, uh, the Rec and Park and uh, Bayview Y and India Basin Program, Bayview Safety Swim and Splash, received an award. Uh, This program is based out of MLK Pool and is a specific part of our India Basin Equitable Development Plan designed uh, to uh, reduce Gaps in ability to swim in historic Black communities, where for generations uh, we had segregation and discrimination in our pools. Uh, so we have been able uh, to put over 400 kids through this program since 2022. A big shout out to Jamie Bruning Miles and his staff at the uh, uh, YMCA for their, um, you know, full-throated support of this initiative. Members of the Y and Rec and Parks Aquatics and Rec Woody teams accepted the award. Just a couple more, um, both weather uh, and seasonal related. Uh, I do want to comment on some of the very wet and windy weather over the last month. Uh, climate change is a real thing. And as you'll hear later in uh, our budget presentation, it has real impacts. Uh, NOT JUST ON OUR OPERATIONS, BUT ON PUBLIC SAFETY. Um, AS THE WET AND WINDY WEATHER CONTINUES, WE ARE VERY um, CONSERVATIVELY CLOSING A NUMBER OF LOCATIONS TO ENSURE PARK GOERS' SAFETY. YOU KNOW, WE DO HAVE uh, A CANOPY OF OVER 70,000 TREES IN OUR PARK SYSTEM, uh, AND, uh, YOU KNOW, MOTHER NATURE uh, HAS HER OWN PLAN, AND IT IS NOT NECESSARILY ALWAYS PREDICTABLE. Uh, we actually, frankly, we manage more than 130,000 trees when you include Sharp and Mather and everything else. Um, a big shout out to our, our staff for cleaning up down trees, our, uh, particularly our forestry crews, which brave terrible weather, windy conditions. Uh, they're on basically a 24-hour call uh, throughout the storms. Uh, there are lots of other uh, members of the structural maintenance yard who contribute in our, our uh, gardening staff. So uh, a really shining moment for the men and women uh, represented men and women of our organization Commissioner Mazzola um, So I, I just want to thank our arborists our gardeners our maintenance crews uh, Our park rangers uh, for really doing everything they can to keep our park safe. So be on the lookout. We are Uh, you know and and when you're in your in parks even if the weather has cleared after a storm event it is important uh, not to be looking down at our phones but to be keeping our heads up and be aware of our surroundings Uh, you know we do experience tree failures we do experience limb failures it is it is a it is a you know it's an uncomfortable part of Um, more Beautifully and optimistically, uh, I do want to mention, it is peak bloom for magnolia season at the San Francisco Botanical Garden. This, for those of you who don't know about this, this is should be on every San Franciscan's bucket list. Uh, almost every year between February and March. It is, we have, we enjoy at the Botanical Garden one of the most significant collections of magnolias in the United States. And they will be in peak bloom through March. Uh, the garden actually contains more than 200 different species of magnolias, uh, all in bloom. And they, they bloom at different, slightly different times during the window of what we call peak bloom. Filled with bright spring colors, summer silver, pink, white, magenta. Uh, I think uh, we've got 200 trees, actually 63 different species. Uh, For more information, check out uh, the gardensofgoldengatepark.org. I never miss uh, a visit to the garden during peak bloom. Encourage everyone to do the same. Uh, And that, Madam President, concludes the general manager's report.
0: Thank you so much,
3: Phil.
1: All right, we'll now go to public comment on item three, the general manager's report. Is there anyone in room 416 who'd like to comment on item three? Okay, seeing none and no hands raised on our Webex, I will close public comment on item three. We are now on item four, general public comment, which will be up to 15 minutes or at the chair's discretion. We will also continue this to item number 12. At this time, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission and that do not appear on the agenda. With respect to agenda items, you will have the opportunity to address the commission when the item is reached in the meeting. I have several blue cards. I will start reading off three at a time, if you could be prepared to stand up when the person before you is done. I have Dan, and then Peter, and then Mary.
4: General Manager Ginsburg, members of the commission. My name is Dan Landy, and I'm a member of the Pickleball Working Group. I'm here to correct an erroneous statement made by Mr. Ginsberg at last month's commission meeting. Mr. Ginsberg, you said that there was an agreement with the working group to temporarily expand pickleball access on Presidio Wall Courts 3 and 4 until Larson became available. That much is true. The temporary expansion was the addition of extra hours for open play on weekends. You also said that there was an agreement to remove the pickleball lines entirely at that time. As a member of the working group, I can tell you that that is absolutely not true. The pickleball lines were put down on those courts in March of 2022 before anyone knew that Larson was happening. And when those lines were put down, there was no discussion of them being temporary. So we certainly would not have agreed to having the lines removed completely, especially given how many people had come to rely on the courts at Presidio Wall. In addition to setting the record straight, I want to let you know what impact such statements have on the pickleball community. From what I have observed, this kind of misinformation creates a lack of trust in RPD and makes people quite angry. I'd like to give you another example. On web pages and in public statements, you have claimed that there are 87 places to play pickleball in San Francisco. Yes, that is the number of dual-lined courts. However, a game of pickleball requires not only lines, but also a net and only a tiny minority of pickleball players have their own. In fact, there are only 23 courts where RPD has provided nets. Every pickleball player in San Francisco knows that there are not 87 courts available. So when you keep saying it, it only makes them mad. If you'd like to earn the trust of the pickleball community so that we might work together on solutions to these difficult issues, I would like to respectfully suggest that you stop making these claims. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Dan. Peter, Mary, uh, Peter Mueller, Mary, and then Peter Blatman.
5: Hi, my name is Peter Mueller. I'm a native San Franciscan. I live across from Grace Cathedral. I'm a former college tennis player. I'm a current pickleballer. I love it for the fitness and the social benefits and because I keep improving. I want to talk to you about the importance of collaborative engagement. Last month, I wrote you a thoughtful letter on why pickleball lines should not be removed from the courts at Presidio Wall. I also suggested that San Francisco pickleball needs long-term planning because of its explosive growth and because none seems to exist. The response I received was a canned letter and I was disappointed. Here's why. It contained no person to respond to, I was disappointed that no one wanted to engage. I'd experienced this before with emails that RPD has ignored. It's unfortunate because I believe that good solutions can come through collaborative engagement and positive intent. The letter also directed me to a website. I was disappointed there too because there was nothing strategic or visionary. It was all tactical. If I had a part of my business that was in exponentially growing, I'd wanna do some planning around it and understand its potential, its cost, the options to grow, how are we gonna get there? Do we have the right people on staff to assess, to make an assessment? Um, do they have the right skills? Because it's really an out of the ordinary situation. So planning is vital, and a better understanding of issues and opportunities can come through engagement with constituents. The announcements to remove the lines implied that it was related to Larson. It never was. Only expanded hours were. Now pickleball is being unfairly reduced. It's also being communicated with language that appears like a parental punishment when the child was never informed of the rules. It's disappointing for the city's budget to act this way.
1: I'm sorry, your time is up.
5: So it's functional, so I just want to conclude by asking you, what are your thoughts to having RPD lead more heightened engagement between all the constituencies? Pickleball. Okay, okay. Tennis, I'm really sorry,
1: your time is that, I, I and RPD staff. Okay, no, no. okay. Uh, Mary, and then Peter Blattman, and then Susie.
6: Hi, Mary Hickey. Uh, and as Phil Ginsburg just said, parks evolve based on public need. As we know, there is a real need and demand for pickleball courts in San Francisco. Why we are so passionate about Presidio Wall is the wall has 12 courts. So six courts here, four courts here. While it's nice and certainly needed, 12 courts is a hub. And what we want in San Francisco is a hub. Hubs create, you can do round robins, you can do tournaments, all very important. So next I'd like to address the noise concern oh, you've heard a lot that neighbors are complaining. I've been speaking to a lot of rangers throughout there every day. A lot of taxpayer money is going spent on rangers with decibel readers reading pickleball noise. And they also go over and, and, and read the, the noise of the children playing. Every time I look at the, at the report, the children's noise is louder than the, than the pickleball players. We aren't going to have the kids go away. Uh, but I believe, I also agree, that pickleball noise can be a little bit distracting. There's a solution. And I've written about this. I've sent emails maybe saw John McEnroe playing with these on ESPN. Uh, Lisa and I are gonna demonstrate, since it's been hard to get together, talk to you, and actually demonstrate these in, in person, I will demonstrate these in person. So Lisa, come on over, so the microphone can pick them up. These are the quiet paddles. Lisa and I are gonna hit. Pretty quiet, right? Certainly those children are a lot louder than this. Okay, now we're gonna listen to regular paddles. A little annoying, I agree. Do you hear the difference? Back to these. Back to these, Lisa. One more time. These were developed by USA Pickleball in, in, with owl paddles, and you can tell they've succeeded. Thank you for
7: listening.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right, Peter Blatman, Susie, and then Lisa.
7: Good morning, Commission. My name is Peter Blatman. I'm a 35-year San Francisco resident and an avid pickleball player uh, at at the Presidio wall. Acoustic fence wraps have been successfully used on public pickleball courts across the country to address the issue of noise disturbance to local residents. Here's an excerpt from the website of SoundBlock, a leading manufacturer. SoundBlock is a highly effective noise and acoustical dampening solution for pickleball courts. Simple to install with an average useful life of 8 to 10 years, the flexible material provides an industry-leading 32 dBA sound reduction, virtually eliminating the noise deriving from any pickleball match. Despite repeated requests to Park and Rec to consider implementing this win-win solution for both local Presidio Wall residents and the Presidio Wall pickleball community, Park and Rec has simply refused to respond. I now cede the balance of my two minutes to you, Mr. Ginsburg, to provide a response.
1: Okay, we have Susie, and then Lisa, and then Naftali. Uh,
8: Good morning. Um, Good morning. On January 19th, I requested through Next Request all emails regarding complaints about Pickleball at Presidio Wall. To date, I have only received eight letters from five people, which represent only four households. Some of the comments in these complaints do not make sense because you cannot play pickleball at 6 a.m. because it's dark. Uh, Property values are not plummeting because pickleball as other homes on West Pacific has sold for asking, in fact, one right next to the house with pickleball court. I also requested the noise impact report done by Salter that was hired and paid for by one of the neighbors. The report review had so many inaccuracies, the expansion of using courts three and four were not temporary. Um, As said at the last meeting, only the hours of play were extended until Larson was completed, and I'd be happy to write all the inaccuracies in an email if you want. The pickleball community is insulted by, by the interview on KTVU last month where RPD is claiming that pickleball players are urinating in driveways, creating parking problems, leaving garbage on the courts, and more. These are just mean and uncalled for fabrications. Finally, I have emailed RPD asking specific due process questions, but they have refused to answer. So Mr. Ginsburg, did you get a second opinion impact report? Was it shared with the working group before you made your decision? Did you have a meeting with all neighbors already? Are there more than four households that have complained? Is there an email complaining about urination in driveways? Did you ask to see a camera footage? Is the noise ordinance they mentioned in their report for parks? Will you be banning the bouncy houses from the park since compressors reach a high decibel level as stated in their report? Will you also be banning the 30 kids yelling on the basketball court while playing a game other than basketball? Apparently, this is also measured as a very high decibel level. Since the community did not have a chance to sit down with the RPD or the neighbors, I think it is fair to say that these questions and other questions that come up need to be answered. They are city employees. And they do not have the luxury of ignoring emails and questions that they don't like.
1: Thank you, Susie. Lisa, Naftali, and then Tien.
9: Hi, I'm reading on behalf of Joe and Dave Grossman. Hi, I live a block from Presidio Wall Courts. My son and I are frequent players at these courts, as are other residents of the Presidio Heights neighborhood. I am unable to attend this meeting, but ask Lisa to read the following statement. I have been a resident of this neighborhood for over 25 years and have visited the Presidio Wall Park multiple times per week during that time period. Over the course of these 25 years, I can remember three transformational events within the Presidio Wall recreational space, the renovation of the playground, the renovation of Paul Goodfield, and the introduction of pickleball. Each of these changes dramatically increased the utilization of the space and created a meeting place and community for a wide range of residents throughout the city. Pickleball is unique given that the game is very social and allows for players of all ages to play together. Those two tennis courts can accommodate over 25 members of the community per hour, and eliminating those courts basically closes a community center for hundreds of residents of the city that access those courts multiple times per week. Given our proximity to the wall, they live at Spruce and Jackson, and the courts, we are sympathetic to our neighbors' concerns and complaints about the sound, a concern I believe is understood within the pickleball community. While I have not been involved in the conversations with Park and Rec, I am not aware of a good faith and exhaustive effort to satisfy the concerns of the handful of owners along the wall while preserving play for the pickleball community on the north side of town. If that is correct, that is disappointing and, in my opinion, an obstacle to a thoughtful and enduring solution. The sound issue is not unique to this neighborhood, and I strongly advocate for Park and Rec to work with both sides in a collaborative way to more thoroughly research potential solutions and achieve a mutually agreeable outcome for both groups. Thank you.
10: Thanks.
1: Okay, we have Naftali, Tian, and Bill.
10: My name is Naftali Offen. I've been playing pickleball at Presidio Wall for the last three years. Don't paint over the pickleball lines. Don't spend our money on it. Don't mess with a thriving community of friends and neighbors who love the sport. Presidio Wall is known to be one of the most cohesive and welcoming pickleball communities in town. By cutting the number of courts in half, you've especially harmed younger players who can only come on the weekends, with long wait times to play, resulting in far fewer games. The process of removing the Nets was disrespectful. There was almost no notice, no attempt to bring stakeholders together to seek a good solution for all. Phil Ginsburg started the last meeting saying it was a done deal, effectively telling us before we spoke that we would have no impact. That's bad public policy. When the six courts were added in 2022, they were not contingent on the opening of Larson. That's a false narrative added after the fact to justify this deed, and Larson, is a hassle to get to for most of us who live near the Presidio. You want a lot more traffic in town? Sending us over there. The impression many of us have is that Park and Rec is pandering to the rich and behaving like an autocratic bully. Don't paint over the pickleball courts. Don't destroy something that Rec and Park should be proud of. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Tien. Bill, and then Veronica. And we have about two minutes left in our 15 minutes, okay. Chair.
11: My name is Tian Bui. I've uh, been a resident of Cal Hollow and the, in the Richmond districts for 34 years. My family love Rec and Park facilities and have used it extensively over the years, including Camp Mather. My first passion was tennis, where I was a student athlete at City College and then volunteered for the Golden Gate Park um, tennis club where I played with uh, Lou Manipel. Um, I've stopped playing due to work, children, and most recently a life-threatening instance of cardiac arrest. But I'm lucky to be alive and well and I've discovered a new passion and it's pickleball. And it's at the Presidio wall that I've found a huge supportive community of friends and competitors. I love the fact that I can get to play with a diverse group of picklers with different backgrounds. Um, ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic levels, and ages, the thing that separates us in San Francisco is that it doesn't matter which neighborhood you're from, you have access to all of its um, wonderful facilities, and our children are better off for it. So thanks to the dedication of Reckon Park, it has maintained the mission and goal of being inclusive. To me, taking six courts away from the entrenched pickleball community at Presidio Wall is such an anti-democratic and um, un, un, you know, not, doesn't reflect the San Franciscan values. So let's find solutions that don't eliminate pickleball playing at um, Presidio Wall, but rather advance and enrich its healthy endeavors. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, Commissioner Louie is part of our pickleball working group. She's our point person, and we just want you to know that this conversation is ongoing with staff. Okay. Conversation continues.
1: Commissioner, I have two more cards, and we are out of time. Um, Would you like to defer are to it item twelve? I believe so. Yes.
0: Okay, those two, and then we're going to move on to the next item. Okay? okay.
1: Bill, and then Veronica.
12: My name is Bill Lafferty. I'm part of the pickleball group. The reason I'm here is rolling net permits. A month ago we received a notice from Park and Rec on a Saturday night. They told us we had 5 days to remove our nets, our rolling nets. That was their reason. We did what was asked of us. But we have a problem. Those rolling nets didn't have a permit. The problem is those nets were on the court for almost 2 years. Park and Rec never approached us in any shape, form, to say that we were delinquent in having those nets there. So for two years, those nets were there, we had to remove them in five days. That is incorrect. You cannot be doing that to a community. The other issue is I sent letters to Park and Rec, no response. Looked on the internet, no response. Called the permit people. They don't have a clue what I'm talking about. So I'm asking you to step up to the plate for the pickleball community and find out what the hell a rolling net permit is and give it to us so we can complete the form and get this out of the way. The other thing I would request that we have 63 net courts that don't have nets. Every court, I would like to have your support in making every court that has double lines on it have rolling nets, which makes it accessible to the community so people can play. I'll see you next month.
1: Veronica?
13: My name is Veronica Taish. I've been a homeowner in D2 for over 20 years. I think we're all here today because what Park and Rec built at Presidio Wall was more than just pickleball courts. Everyone who has reached out by signing the petition, writing emails, leaving voicemails, or showing up at City Hall is essentially saying These courts at Presidio Wall have made our lives better. Sure, to the blind eye, these 12 courts gave all SF residents, especially those on the north side, a chance to learn, play, or perfect their pickleball game. But because of the concentration of courts, it allowed us to play with strangers who quickly became acquaintances and eventually turned into very good friends. This sense of community through pickleball is why we are so passionate. This sense of community doesn't happen when single courts are dispersed throughout the city. Currently, we have these communities at Lewis Sutter on the south, Larson on the west, and we hope you continue to allow us to build the Presidio Wall community on the north. When the media talks about SF, they mention homelessness, crime, and drugs. Someone should bring a camera to Presidio Wall, and it should be touted as a highlight of how our park and rec department was able to help build community by offering free outdoor open play and ac- activity in a city as dense as San Francisco. At Presidio Wall, oh. residents volunteer to teach free lessons every Tuesday. These teachers provide equipment and their time every week. These courts have become a place where individuals of all ages can show up and always know there will be people to play with. Presidio Wall courts have provided a sense of belonging. We are a diverse yet united group of passionate but reasonable constituents. So please work with us. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Veronica. Okay, so seeing no further comment, uh, I'm going to close public comment, but if anyone didn't get a chance, we will go back to general public comment during item 12. We are now on item five, the consent calendar, commissioners. um, Oh, first I'll go to public comment on the consent calendar, and I do have Stefan Franz. Yeah, they're going
14: to vote on it. Excellent. Commissioners, uh, Madam President, General Manager Ginsburg, it's a pleasure to see you today. Uh, I'm here to testify on item number five. Uh, I know there's really no item to be called, but uh, our friends of group felt as individuals and as a group that we needed to do something to uplift our park after losing 14 trees uh, over the past two winters. Uh, At a Random Friends of Lafayette Park board meeting. We decided to undertake a small but mighty uh, fundraising campaign We set a number that we thought would pay for 14 lost trees. That was $35,000 We raised that and an additional twenty-odd thousand dollars for this purpose. I testify today so that I can get on record as saying that Public and private partnerships are the future, both in our city and in our world. and the idea that we can work together and identify problems and concerns. and then as a group. And again, this wasn't a heavy lift, and our neighborhood, certainly, D2, you know, we understand where we live. But most of these donations were $50 dollars, a100 dollars. These were people that saw these trees fall and saw a path to fixing the problem, not for us, not for now, not for a 48-inch box tree, but for 70 years from now, when people say, wow, these people really cared about their park. They spent money out of their own pocket to plant some trees. I also heard the general manager announce a new concert series, which I am at the heart of producing. As some of you know, I've appeared in front of you. I book and program the Golden Gate Park band shell for the most part. We have a new community-based uh, concert series starting uh, Tuesday. Uh, we invite you all. It's right across in uh, Fulton Plaza. So I uh, hope to see you all out there. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Thank Stephen. you Stephen. Is there anyone else here to comment on item
0: five? Come uh, on up. Stephen. Phil. <laughs> okay. I, we don't Come respond on, to no, public no, no.
3: comment. I was just going to have you. I just wanna yeah.
0: Come on up, ma'am. Okay. Ma'am,
1: come on up. You come, he's going that way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry to confuse you.
15: No problem. Um, Hi, my name is Gina Kotos. I'm representing the San Francisco Parks Alliance as well as Friends of Lafayette Park, uh, who's one of our fiscally sponsored groups. Um, We're very excited to support them in receiving and providing this donation of up to $63,000 for funding for new trees for Lafayette Park. this might include the installation of new trees as well as a arborist report that details the status of all trees in Lafayette Park and provides recommendations for the installation of future trees. Um, San Francisco has lost hundreds of trees across the city in the past winter storms. We see them continuing um, in these current winter storms and we see that this can be a expensive and time-consuming burden on Reckon Park to replace them across the city. Um, after seeing this loss in their own park, Friends of Lafayette Park sought out private funding to support this effort and members were inspired to create a lasting legacy for generations to come. Um, I spoke with Stefan about that sense of creating the lasting legacy, looking back on the stewards in the early 1900s who had plant the, planted the original trees that then fell, and looking at a legacy that you can build for generations to come in the same neighborhood. Um, Friends of Lafayette Park has been a great partner with us since 2009 and with Rec and Park, supporting the community's engagement and advocacy for better financial resources to support the park, including an extensive $10 million renovation project in 2013. Um, we're very pleased to support this group. They're highly involved in the community and quite knowledgeable about the park system and improving community engagement outcomes for neighbors and act as mentors. So,
0: thank you. Excited. Thank, thank, thank you. you.
1: Is there anyone else here to comment on item five? Okay, seeing none, do we have any hands raised on our Webex? No. Okay, seeing no further comment, public comment is closed. Commissioners?
0: I'd like to hear a motion and a second to approve the consent calendar. So moved. moved. Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? The consent calendar is approved. Thank you.
1: We are now on item six, the San Francisco Zoo. Do you have a presentation? Okay, great.
16: Good morning. My name is Chris Connors. I'm the Vice President of Strategic Planning for the San Francisco Zoo. Um, My report will highlight uh, this past year's accomplishments as well as upcoming events. As was mentioned, uh, this year is the Year of the Dragon, and at the San Francisco Zoo, uh, we will be celebrating the Year of the Dragon uh, on February 17th through the 19th uh, with uh, a number of outdoor activities, including uh, dragon dancers. Uh, If you didn't know this, we have two bearded dragons that are rescued pets, uh, as well as one Komodo dragon. Uh, So we're all about dragons at the zoo. Uh, So please come out. Of course, that's weather permitting. Um, With COVID, obviously everybody was impacted by COVID, but 2023 was kind of our bounce back year. So we're happy to be back and it was a very busy year at the San Francisco Zoo. Uh, Some of the highlights include uh, a new tagline, uh, Animals Amaze, Conservation Saves. Uh, Our new tagline uh, will be soon on signs, banners and more. Uh, This phase packs in a lot and how animals touch our health Uh, And there will be vital roles in the wild and why we need to protect them and save them. Uh, As you can imagine, we have a number of critically endangered species at the zoo. And we continued to care for those in 2023, including uh, Przewalski's horses. Uh, That's a hard one to say. Um, uh, These were once enlisted as extinct in in Mongolia. uh, But this spectacular wild horse has been in recovery, thanks to the focus and work of accredited zoos and global conservation organizations, see our two new females in the Asian zone. Uh, we are also really excited uh, to open the first phase of the Lipman Family Madagascar Center. Uh, we open the first, of the first phase of this dedicated center with a habitat for endangered fusa, uh, the island's primary predatory species, Guests can also come to a giant baobab tree to see rare invertebrate species. Uh, Moving forward to 2024, uh, 2024 2024 conservation campaign, we have 14 critically endangered species at the zoo. Uh, This year, we will be highlighting one species each month. January, we, we highlighted orangutans. And this month in February, we will be highlighting black rhinos. We have two new zoo tours. Uh, Here from the San Francisco Zoo's team of experts about seven different species of lemurs in the lemur forest and the insect zoo residents, which include spiders, caterpillars, bees, beetles, cockroaches, and many more. You will learn about physical characteristics, diet plans, social behavior, and the status in the wild of these amazing animals. Join us at the Insect Zoo on Saturday at 2.30 and Lemur Forest on Sundays at 11 a.m. That's right, you can come to the zoo (laughs) and do yoga. Uh, Zen at the Zoo returns for visitors and staff. Uh, Tickets for our popular Zen at the Zoo yoga series are now on sale on sfzoo.org. Don't miss out on your chance to master yoga poses amidst the serene African savanna with giraffes and zebras grazing nearby. Suitable for, suitable for all skill levels of yoga practitioners, Vinyasa Flow unites, unites breath to movement, unites breath to movement while offering a variety of poses. Expect a well-rounded practice involving sun salutations, standing and seated positions, and strong focus on the power of breath. And lastly, Larry's new digs. If you don't know who Larry is, Larry's our gray fox. He was named in honor of the late SF Recreation and Park Commissioner Larry Griffin, who was an enthusiastic member of our joint zoo committee. We believe the late commissioner would approve of Larry's new habitat, the former bab- Bobcat exhibit. Mm-hmm. Larry has been seen exploring his new area, and his caretakers describe him as a gentle being, just like his namesake. Thank you very much.
0: Wait minute, hold that screen. Hold on. I want to take a picture of Larry's new dig. <laughs> Thanks. All
1: right. All right. <clears throat> Is there any public comment on item 6? Okay, seeing none and no hands raised on our webex, no post public comment. We are now on item 7, the Mission Beautification and Stern Grove Playground Renovation Open Space Fund Contingency
17: Reserve Allocation. Well, good morning, commissioners. GENERAL MANAGER, COMMISSION SECRETARY, I'M STACY BRADLEY, THE DIRECTOR OF OUR CAPITAL AND PLANNING DIVISION. Um, TODAY I'M HERE BEFORE YOU ABOUT THE COMMISSIONER'S CONTINGENCY AND ALLOCATION TO TWO VERY IMPORTANT EFFORTS. Uh, FIRST, I WANT TO THANK COMMISSIONER JUPITER-JONES AND COMMISSIONER MOZOLA FOR SPONSORING THESE TWO EFFORTS. Um, We work really hard as a department to buffer against financial challenges and incorporating reserves into our overall budget. This is one of those ways of doing it through our contingencies in open space. Um, And this allocation here is to go towards three efforts, two in the mission, which is what Commissioner Jupiter Jones is sponsoring. It's first at Kid Power Park, where we had um, had had some arson, destroy the playground there, and so this these funds will replace the playground. And then we'll also be doing painting at Mission Rec Center to help refresh the interior of that building. Um, Eric Anderson is here if you have any questions about those two projects. And then the other project that Commissioner Mazzola is sponsoring is um, the Stern Grove project that was part that was on consent uh, to award the construction contract. These additional funds will help us deliver some of the base bid items with um, a nature exploration area to connect the playground with a neighboring lawn, and then an add alt that is allowing us to deliver boulders that connect that, board, that border that same area between the playground and the, um, the lawn space, adding more play value to the space. It's exciting to me and I'm glad that we are able to use these funds to support both of um, these efforts in the Mission and Stern Grove. And Eric and I are here for any questions, thank you. Thank you, Stacy.
1: Do we have any public comment in room 416 on item seven? Okay. Seeing none. Do we have any on our Webex? No callers. Okay. Seeing no further comment, public comment is closed. Commissioners?
0: All right. We have an action item here. Do I have a motion and a second? I would like to make a move to approve.
8: both. Of you. Wonderful.
0: Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? Approved unanimously. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Okay, we're now on item eight Golden Gate Park Conservatory Drive East Bay Area Young Survivors Grant. Accept and expend.
18: Hi. Good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm Abigail Mayer with the Recreation and Park Department Partnerships Division. I'm here presenting Item 8, Discussion and Possible Action to recommend that the Board of Supervisors approve an increase to the original grant from the Bay Area Young Survivors by approximately $300,000 so that Bays can deliver the in-kind grant of a renovated seating area on Conservatory Drive East at Arguello Boulevard. Bay Area Young Survivors, commonly known as BAYS, is a support and action group for young people in the San Francisco Bay Area diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 45 or younger. BAYS and Rec Park have been working together to deliver the BAYS Memorial Garden in Golden Gate Park. BAYS is offering to fund the design and construction of this project on December 15th, 2022. This commission recommended that the board authorize the department to accept the cash and in-kind grants from Bayes for the project. And on May 3rd, 2023, the board of supervisors approved that resolution. And in April 2023, the commission approved the concept plan, site name, and donor recognition plan. Since then, Bayes has been working to develop detailed construction documents and has been reviewing bids from contractors. The bids are higher than anticipated, so Bayes now has a fundraising goal of approximately $300,000 to bring their total funding up to approximately $800,000. The board resolution authorizes a donation of up to $500,000, so therefore, Rec Park needs authorization to accept more additional um, in-kind funding for this project. Um, That really concludes my presentation. I'm happy to answer questions or show any visuals if you'd like.
0: Thank you. Do you have a visual that would show what it looks like? Sure. I'd love to see that, please.
1: In the meantime, does anyone have any public comment on this item? Okay, seeing none, and I don't think we have any hands raised. I will close public comment on
0: item eight. Thank you.
18: Okay, so this slide before you shows the location of the proposed project. Like I mentioned, it's um, in Golden Gate Park, right where Conservatory Drive East and West converge at Arguello Boulevard. And the photo below shows the existing seating area at that site. And so this seating area will be renovated. So when I was before the commission with the concept plan approval, this was the concept plan we showed. So this shows the different features of the memorial garden. Um, An actual memorial feature, um, seating, a new plaza, ADA accessible entrance and beautiful new native plantings. This is a rendering of an aerial perspective. We had some really great community outreach. We have a lot of different individuals and organizations who support this project. And Bayes has been volunteering with the department since 2015, and they plan to continue volunteering once the memorial and garden is built. Thank you.
0: Thank you, this is a beautiful project and I just wanna emphasize that this is the breast cancer memorial yes. garden and therefore I'm going to call on all commissioners first and then let Commissioner Louie speak last. Uh, Commissioner Hallisey.
19: Uh, thank you, Abigail, for your report. Uh, just one question. This additional $300,000, yes, the fundraising will be the Bay Area Young Survivors Group they are spearheading the fundraising?
18: Correct. They have committed to funding the entire project. It's mostly in-kind. There was about $35,000 in cash to support our capital project management of this project, but um, the rest of it is an in-kind donation of improvements to
19: our space. Very good, thank you.
0: If there are no other speakers, Commissioner Louie.
2: Abigail, thanks for uh, presenting. And uh, I had the pleasure of going out to this space uh, when um, General Manager Ginsburg brought uh, Commissioner Griffin and I out to the promenade. And he, he stopped the golf cart, and he showed us the future uh, breast cancer s- space. And um, is a really special spot. And I know Larry really liked it. He said, "Oh, I'll go and sit there too." You know. <laughs> oh. But you know, uh, as a breast cancer survivor, um, uh, it, it's nice that the Rec and Park Department is offering somewhere a, a solace space for um, for anybody that is suffering from breast cancer. One in seven uh, women will have be diagnosed with breast cancer. And sadly, one in 50 men will be diagnosed. So it's it's nice that know that spot is out there. It's very accessible, and it's going to be beautiful. And we want to thank you very much. Thank you, Phil.
0: Thank you. I can't contemplate a single person who hasn't been touched by breast cancer in some way. I lost my cousin, Donna, who was like a sister to me at age 51 to a very virulent form of breast cancer. It took her out in about six months. So I, I cannot wait to be in this space and to think about our sisters and brothers who fight the good fight. <coughs> thank you. Please extend you. our deep gratitude to all people and entities involved in this project. I
1: will, thank you. I think we, did you make a motion yet?
0: <laughs> I need a motion and a second <laughs> for approval. Vanita? Vanita?
2: Um, I, I, Motion to um, accept the um, item as presented. And I am looking for a second.
19: Second.
0: All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? Motion
1: is approved. Thank you, commissioners. We are now on item 9, Civic Center Garage Steam Loop Easement.
10: I can get the overhead, please. Thank you, Commission Liaison, and good morning, Commissioners. My name is Chris Towns. I'm a planner with the Recreation and Park Department, Capital and Planning Division, and I'm joined today by the Director of Real Estate, Mr. Andrico Pennick. as this item is uh, pertaining to a property that is under the jurisdiction of Rec and Park, but uh, pertaining to uh, an element, an infrastructural element specifically within its subterranean garage called the Steam Loop. Um, that is owned by real estate. Um, The item for your consideration is whether to grant an access and utility easement um, to ECSF or the Energy Center of San Francisco, LLC, uh, who would assume ownership and operational responsibility for the steam loop. um, And I'll now pass it to the director of real estate. Mr. Penick.
0: Welcome.
20: Thank you, President Anderson, commissioners, General Manager Ginsburg, uh, good morning. My name is Andrico Pinnock. I'm the Director of Real Estate. I think you'll find this item rather mundane uh, after all the exciting items that you've heard you, this morning. you play
3: pickleball, Andrico? Yeah,
20: I, 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 I have no uh, position on pickleball.
0: <laughs> Can we capture that steam and do something with it? I'm just kidding. Sorry.
20: <laughs> um, I'm before you this morning seeking your approval of an easement for an existing segment of the Civic Center steam loop. The steam loop runs along the right of way under Polk Street, Grove, and Larkin. However, the McAllister Street segment runs through the Civic Center garage. Mm -hmm. You can see the outline in red there. It basically um, circles Civic Center Plaza. The steam loop was built um, 100 years ago and is now under the jurisdiction of Red. The steam loop is in essence a uh, pipe that transports steam for heat and hot water to rounding city buildings including Bill Graham Civic Auditorium, 101 Grove Street, City Hall, and the Superior Court on McAllister. So as you can see, uh, this um, infrastructure serves some very important buildings in the Civic Center area. ECSF is, stands for um, uh, Energy, Cern, Energy Center San Francisco. ECFSF is the steam utility provider. They are familiar with the steam loop and have repaired it over the years as a vendor on the part of the city and county of San Francisco. The overall objective of this transaction is twofold. Uh, The part that I'm before you today is to talk about the easement, but that easement uh, facilitates a secondary goal of an overall transfer of ownership of the steam loop from the city to the steam loop provider, ECSF. The overall objective is to transfer the ownership to ECSF to maintain the status quo for operations. No relocation will be involved as part of this transaction. Uh, the easement and the transfer will provide a continual uh, continual will provide continued service and maintenance and the city will continue to uh, purchase steam from ECSF for a minimum of five years. Next slide please. Basically what I'm trying to say is that with this transfer, the city will become a steam loop customer just like, all the other steam loop customers within the city. The city is the only steam loop customer that provides its own pipe. ECSF steam comes to City Hall and the other buildings I mentioned through a pipe owned by the city, um, which imposes upon the city um, costs for maintenance and repair. By this transfer, those responsibilities will be transferred to ECSF and um, we will get the steam without getting the responsibility or the liability of the pipe that transports it. Um, why are we doing this? Um, if you've um, been on the Goodlit side of City Hall lately, you've no doubt seen steam coming up along uh, Goodlett and along Grove. That's because the steam loop is in need of emergency repair. Um, Fortunately, the segment of the steam loop that runs through the garage is actually in good shape. Upon transfer, ECSF will immediately perform the emergency repairs to the pipeline and bring the steam loop back to reliable um, operation. Next slide, please. Why do we need an easement? ECSF as a steam provider has a franchise agreement. That franchise agreement gives them access and controls uh, their use of the right of way to provide steam. However, since the McAllister segment runs through the garage, which is city owned property, uh, we need an easement to provide them access. The easement will allow them to operate, maintain, and access the steam loop. It also provides a contractual mechanism, uh, to protect the city, Rec and Park, and the garage operator, um, and to make sure that operational reven- revenues are not disrupted. Next slide, please. The essential terms of the easement are fairly straightforward. Uh, as I said, this is an existing facility, and no expansion of the facility uh, can be done without Rec and Park's approval. It provides ECSF with reasonable access, it allows for compensation for negative impacts to garage revenue. It requires notification of SFMTA and Rec Park uh, for any uh, prior to any required work happening within the garage. It allows ECF, ECSF to repair and replace any damage uh, to the pipeline as well as requires ECFS, SF <coughs> to repair and place any damage to Rec and Park property. It also provides a right for the city to suspend ECSFs access and use of the garage if necessary to accommodate any rec park repair, maintenance, modernization, uh, reconstruction, or rebuilding of the garage. Next slide, please. I just want to thank uh, general manager Ginsburg, uh, Chris Towns from rec and Park, Nancy Taylor from the city attorney's office and Masoud Vahey, from real estate for their hard work on the easement. This concludes my presentation, and I'm available to answer your questions.
0: Thank you very much. Do commissioners have any questions here? Uh, Commissioner Mazzola.
20: Thank you. Thank
21: you for your report. Um, so who currently maintains a
20: steam loop? Uh, it is under the jurisdiction of the real estate division, so I do. Um, From a physical who turns the -the wrench, um, the steam shop from DPW has primary responsibility for maintenance, but because of their expertise, we oftentimes contract out to ECSF to do that work. So they've been repairing the work as a city vendor.
21: Okay. Um, So is this going to be let me see if I can phrase this right. Is this gonna be a temporary bypass until you fix the, the, the lines that are broken or is this gonna be the new steam loop and then you're gonna discontinue the old line?
20: No, this is a transfer of ownership and maintenance responsibility. So the, the footprint of the steam loop will remain as is but a couple of things will change. Uh, First, ECSF will do the emergency repairs, so you'll no longer see steam coming up out of the ground as you see on Goodlit. Secondly, any future repairs would be the responsibility of ECSF and not the real estate division.
21: So that means members (coughs) of DPW that have been working on this for however many years, their work flow is gonna be cut back X percentage after this happens, if this happens?
20: That's correct, except uh, in the large part, uh, the steam loop shop at DPW, as I understand, is relatively small. And when any major work needed to be done on the steam loop, they actually contracted with ECSF to do that work.
21: Okay, I'm not sure if that's altogether true. Um, So, and you said, if this passes, you would transfer the ownership for a five-year period? Is that what you said?
20: Uh, No, the transfer would be permanent, but as part of the transfer agreement, which is subject to Board of Supervisors' approval, uh, the city has promised to maintain its client relationship with ECSF, i.e., we will buy steam from them for at least five years. It may be longer than five years. It probably will be, but they get a five-year guarantee that we will will remain their customer.
21: So this is just basically a permanent contracting out?
20: You could look at it that way, yes, Um, but I have to say that the reason for the transfer is in large part fiscal. The ECSF can do this needed repair work for $3 million. It would cost the city $8 million, approximately. Why and then that? after that emergency repair work, um, it's just, uh, those are the the costs that it takes for DPW to do this work. So the...
21: It's, you know, I've been around a while, and every time you contract out, it costs more. I've never seen it cost less. So I don't understand why that's the case here. I'm having a major problem with this, to be honest with you. Um, you know, mm. we have members that are working at the steam shop out there that now may be laid off because of this move and, and contracting now has become a major problem within the city. We're going through bargaining right now with the city. The city contracted out $5 billion worth of work last year. And I'm not sure this is the best way, best route to take. So I...
20: I uh, Commissioner Mazzola, if I may. Um, on the... I I hear and and understand and sympathize with the the concerns about how this might impact city workers, and and that's not one of the goals uh, of this transaction. But because of the fiscal difficulty the city is in, every year I ask for money to fix the steam loop, and every year I get denied. There's been steam coming, this loop should have been replaced, it's 100 years old and it's getting older every day. It should have been replaced in its entirety probably 10 plus years ago, and it hasn't because every time you go to put in a capital planning request, that request gets denied. By so it's The Mayor's Budget Office and the Board of Supervisors. So the reason that we have steam coming out of Goodlett, the reason that we have steam coming out of Grove is not because the people over at DPW don't know their job, is because I don't have the money to pay them. Well, that's so. That's that, not the workers' fault. It is. No. It is not. Um, but again, this transaction is isn't meant to um, lay off workers. It's meant to provide reliable steam to some very important buildings.
21: Well, I, and again, I think that our members can do that. They've been doing it for a hundred years down there. So.
20: And, and we have and no then, disagreement with that. And, th- and
21: then you're going to you're going to basically give this company, whoever they are, I don't know if their workers are getting prevailing wage, if they're non-union, I don't know who they are. Um, you're basically going to give them a monopoly forever on this work. So th- th- this doesn't this doesn't add up to me. I'm going to be against this item.
1: Did you, uh, chair? Did you want to move to public comment before you have further discussion, or do you want to continue? I'm assuming we don't have any, but
0: I just I would to- like to ask if you could comment further on, if I'm understanding what you said is the DPW steam workers have never worked on this project because it's never been approved.
20: Um, No, we have done repair work in the past and the DPW steam shop has worked on some of the more minor repairs. Um,
0: I'd like to ask
20: um, Masood Hay is uh, with the real estate division, and he can speak more um, directly okay. as to DPW's involvement.
0: I would invite that, thank you very much. Please approach.
20: Thank you. <clears throat> thank you, so uh,
22: to get into that, B- BBR, who is the wing of DPW, who does the repairs.
0: One moment, please. If you could explain what these letters stand for. Some of us are not savvy
22: absolutely bureau of building repairs is the part of dpw who does actually the repair and the maintenance they are the ones who have the shop who works on steam lines it's a small shop Uh, it's i think there is like three people in there and the capabilities that they have is only to do small amount of the maintenance so Anytime we have had leaks on the line, that work has had to go out through a DPW contract. Um, The reason that the costs are significantly actually different if we do it in house, because the design, the management of the project and all of that work would be done in house. So when it's done by this entity which is actually ecsf who's the provider of steam and it's the only entity in san francisco who provides steam and who works on steam lines because that's what they do every day they can do it much quicker and with a lot less cost
21: through the chair
0: Yes, Commissioner. Until
21: until the private company hammers you with change orders.
22: That's why this is actually a transfer, so that they have the responsibility to fix the line and to maintain it and to continue to operate it. San Francisco, City is the only entity in San Francisco who provides the pipe and buys the steam. Everybody else who ECSF does serve, which are a lot of the key buildings in downtown, they purchase steam at the border of their property. So they pay for the steam and they get that steam they don't have to deal with the maintenance of the pipes. We're the only entity who does that. And when the pipe is transferred to ECSF, we continue to purchase steam at the same rate we do now, but we will not have to pay for the cost to maintain and upgrade it. So that that cost to maintain and actually upgrade it is the savings that this city of San Francisco would see and the taxpayers and and uh, I want to stress the point that director panic made that I have been involved with this the maintenance of this line for about 20 years and funding to do the maintenance has not been available. The funding to replace the segments that are leaking that needs actually excavation and the change of the pipe, it's, it's a, a, a major cost that hasn't been available up to, to this time, yeah.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate your further explanation. All right, why don't we move to public comment, if there's any. Come on, just gentlemen, just come right up and get ready. Anybody who wants to speak. Thank you. Uh,
23: good morning, Commissioner Anderson, um, commissioners, Mr. Ginsburg. Um, my name is John Carranza. I'm a member um, of Local 38, Plumbers and Steamfitters. I'm also a business agent for the public sector. I recognize a lot of you from the William C. Hammond Awards where you um, you, know, uh, you uh, acknowledge the work that city workers do for the city every day. And to hear them say that they didn't have enough money for 10 years and now they want to contract our jobs out is ridiculous, okay? Um, we can fix that line, dig it up today, our, our members will go out there and fix that. Another thing is, real estate shifting all the liability of their steam line, their steam that they haven't maintained, onto Wreck and park, into your garage, into your property, where you guys will be responsible. If there's a steam leak or somebody hits it with a car or whatever, they've transferred all their liability onto you. This makes no sense. Fix the infrastructure that you have with our people and move forward. There's no need for this easement and all this other uh, contracting out of our work to a company from Phoenix, Arizona, okay? They might be here, but they, they're based out of Phoenix, Arizona. And it's not fair that because the budget, um, they didn't put the budget, uh, the resources of the budget into fixing this line when they should have 10, 15 years ago. Now you wanna contract out our 7348 steam fitters work, and it's not fair. I ask that you don't um, approve this easement. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Is there anyone else in the room who would like to comment? Okay, come on up. <clears throat> Excuse me.
24: Hi, commissioners. Um, I'm Chris Kazarian. I'm working with the DPW steam fitter shop, and I'm a member of local 38 uh, steam fitters, and um, I've been working with the public works for since 2012, and I've uh, been working with Masood, on doing small repairs and maintenance, and uh, we've been able to work, you know, upwards of a thousand hours a year, you know, divided over, you know, we have six guys in the shop, so it's been something we've been working on for the last ten years that I know, and I know that my predecessors were always working on the steam loop, and uh, it is good for the for the work and it's good for the workers and. You know I know that we've been uh, hitting budget shortfalls with the repairs and I know that you know real estate has been trying to get the repairs done and we just haven't had enough money to to continue with the repairs so that's why we see some of the condition we do today Um, you know but I do have guys that are are willing to repair it you know and we don't have a backhoe in the shop so when we've uh, had steam leaks in the streets WE'VE HAD to CONTRACT OUT BECAUSE WE'RE NOT ABLE TO DIG IT AND IT'S USUALLY SOLD AS A PACKAGE DEAL SO ECSF HAS BEEN INVOLVED WITH SOME OF THOSE REPAIRS uh, THOSE BIGGER TYPE JOBS WE HAD TO GIVE UP IN THAT CIRCUMSTANCE SO BUT WE CAN DO YOU KNOW ANY OF THE SMALLER REPAIRS AND IT KEEPS A LOT OF OUR GUYS BUSY SO THAT'S ALL I HAVE THANK YOU ALL
1: RIGHT Anyone else commenting on this item today? Okay. Commissioner Wintraub. Public comment is closed.
24: You're up, Carrie.
25: Thank you. Um, I just had a few clarifying questions. If um, we were to approve the transfer, has the city approved um, budget dollars to um, to pay for the emergency repairs? That's my first question. And my second question is ongoing maintenance. Is there a longer-term contract? So what would be the fiscal impact on the city um, to essentially outsource this work rather than having the city um, you know, perform the work internally? Like, is this gonna end up costing us longer term? If it may be a savings now, but is it gonna cost us more um, down the
20: road? Those are two very good questions through the chair um, and Draco Pennick, director of real estate again. Um, first off, the first question, uh, is there money set aside for the emergency repair, the answer to that question is yes in that as part of the transfer for the board's consideration, uh, we have set aside $3.1 million to do those repairs. That is a set sum. So uh, to Commissioner Mazzolo's point, if there are cost overruns or cost increases, the, that risk belongs to ECSF. They've agreed to repair the, do the emergency repair at $3.1 million, regardless of its actual cost. Secondly, to your uh, question about uh, future cost uh, and, and future liability, uh, the answer to that question is no. We are transferring ownership, and with ownership comes responsibility and liability. That transfer is going from the city to ECSF. If after the emergency repair is done, there's another leak, they have to repair it at their cost, and the leak after that, and the leak after that, and the leak after that. The city will no longer be responsible for paying for the repair or maintenance or replacement of the steam loop, period. There's one other thing that I would like to say uh, one of the gentlemen who spoke uh, during public comment uh, made a comment that uh, This would transfer liability from real estate to Rec and park uh, That is not true um, Liability is to the city and county of San Francisco. We are one family and in this case the liability transfers from the city to ECSF not real estate, not Rec and Park, not MTA, no city department would be exposed to liability once the transfer takes place. I do want to say one other thing for the sake of full disclosure. As part of the transfer agreement, the city retains liability for any damage that occurred prior to the transfer. So if something happened last week, last month, last year, but we find out about it tomorrow, then the city retains that liability. It doesn't transfer. But anything that happens the day after transfer belongs to ECSF.
0: Thank you, Andrico. Uh, I have questions from Hallacy, Jupiter Jones, and Mazola. Hallacy.
19: Thanks for your presentation today. Uh, so the ownership and the operational responsibility for the steam loop is going to be transferred from the city uh, to ECSF. Correct. Now, does that mean that your division, the real estate division, and SF Public Works are now out of this coordination loop, and it's going to be RPD and ECSF as partners going forward?
20: Just ECSF. As it relates to the maintenance of the steam loop, it's all going to be on ECSF. If in maintaining that loop, they need access to the garage, the easement provides for a mechanism for doing that. Co- they have to give you notice in advance.
3: Just a to point of information, this is not our asset. Mm. It, and I, there are other issues, which I know Commissioner Mazzol is exploring, but this, the steam loop does not belong to the Recreation and Park Department. The item... I, think I didn't before. say it belonged to you. I asked
19: if RPD was a partner in this with East No, concept. not
3: not at all. No. Uh, all right, I,
19: very good. Uh, yeah. Okay, because yeah, yeah, I yeah, other, other
20: I, than um, getting access to the garage, Rec and Park would have no involvement.
19: Oh, I was led to believe that, and I, I, I know one of the one of the public commenters also talked about that partnership. So thanks for clarifying that. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question: Do you personally anticipate any loss? of union work for our city workers, should we approve this today?
20: I do not. Um, as the one of the gentlemen stated during public comment, the uh, steam shop over at DPW is a relatively small outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been doing some minor repairs of the steam loop, but any major repairs were already being done by ECSF. I don't know what the uh, steam shop does in addition to minor repairs to the steam loop but whatever that other work is would not be affected by this transaction
19: so ecsf has been in the picture for a while now for these major jobs is that correct that is correct okay any idea how long
22: they have been they have been a part this this was owned by pge and then OVER TIME IT WAS SOLD TO ACTUALLY ECSF SO THIS HAS BEEN FOR ACTUALLY OVER OVER ACTUALLY I WOULD SAY ACTUALLY 80 YEARS OR SO I DON'T KNOW THE the EXACT
19: SO ECSF HAS BEEN INVOLVED IN THIS TYPE OF WORK IN SAN FRANCISCO FOR A LONG PERIOD OF TIME YES OKAY
22: ALL RIGHT
0: THANK YOU COMMISSIONER HALSEY JUPITER JONES um, so forgive my ignorance in this
26: question, but this is very much outside of my expertise. Why is this coming to us? <laughs> right? Like what's the... Because yeah, we own it?
0: the parking
3: garage. The, the, <laughs> item, um, the item before you is really only for approval of an easement into the Civic Center garage that allows some of this maintenance work to happen. That's it. The other issues that... I know that Commissioner Mazzola is concerned about or exploring our separate policy issues, but not within the direct jurisdiction of the department.
9: Thank you.
0: <coughs> Commissioner Mazzola, do you want to go last?
21: No, I'll go right now. Okay. Um, so even though it's just about an easement, it has a residual effect. So, and the bottom line is that local 38 members will lose their jobs. Somebody will, whether it's one person or six people or five or two, it doesn't matter. Um, The more that the city contracts out, the more we lose jobs. There's jobs that have not been backfilled for years around here in every department, not just Rec and Park. Um, And the workforce has been shrunk and it's a big, big issue. and look, our next item number is about the budget, and I get it. I get it. When times are tough, you have to cut and find out where you're going to save money, but not at the expense of workers. And this, even though you think it might be minor, is not, because then the, the, something else might be minor, and then something else after that might be minor. Pretty soon, you're contracting everything out and you have no city workers. So, this is where I draw the line, and I just don't think we should give them this easement because it does have residual effects on workers, and that's Something that I care deeply about, so I'm going to vote no, and I ask all my commissioners to vote no.
2: Commissioner Louis, um, I want to thank Commissioner uh, Jupiter Jones for bringing up the same question: Is like why is why is this item put before us? Um, so if we thank you, General Manager, for explaining that we're voting on the uh, implementation of an easement, but by us voting, I also think it's going to trigger. All the other things that we're kind of concerned about, uh, regardless if we have knowledge about it or not, um, it's it's it it's, it sounds like a it's more complicated uh, issue. Uh, so, having just said that,
19: just excuse me,
0: uh, Commissioner Hallisey?
19: Um General Manager Ginsburg, just a, a quick question. Sure. Um, obviously, RPD owns. Civic Center Plaza, <clears throat> correct? Correct. And as, a re- correct. <clears throat> and as a result, even though we don't
3: operate it, we control the Civic Center Garage. It's, that's a good question. Maybe Andrico can, oh, we, we, we control the Civic Center Garage. Correct. correct. That is our asset. We don't aspect. operate
19: it, but we control it.
3: Correct, but we do help in partnership with MPA, we, MTA, we do help manage the garage. Okay, I think yeah. that
19: actually yeah. answers why yeah. this has come before us today, because this is happening on our, e- on our turf so to speak
3: the easement that is being requested would be for garage access exactly. correct and yes. since
19: the garage is overseen by us i think that's why right
3: that being- the steam loop however as an asset of the city is not as not ours and has never been ours
19: right because those buildings are separate from the garage
3: right, right. and they the steam loop i think runs down polk street um, and mcallister mcallister right so that is the 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 steam loop, its its ownership, its maintenance, none of that actually is within our jurisdiction. Very
19: good.
0: If I could just remind everybody that we also have a huge budget discussion coming up. Um, <laughs> just want to reflect on this for a second. So, has there been an issue of of ECSF access to the garage?
20: No, um, the the garage because the section of pipe is somewhat protected by the garage itself. um, It's actually uh, in fairly decent shape. I think that they have had to access the garage for for minor inspection and repair, um, but there has not been any uh, issues with um, the garage segment of the steam loop. Why do
0: we need the easement then?
20: The city attorney opined the, the steam loop belongs to real estate um, and it runs through um, property that belongs to Reckon park. The city attorney opined that once the steam loop transfers out of city ownership that an easement would be required from Rec and park in order for them to access and repair it. That's why we're before you today
0: i tell you what, I'm really impressed with your presentation. You're very clear and candid. Um, As an attorney who has also done land use, I can see the usefulness of this easement. This should be a simple thing. However, our commissioner here who knows what's going on with potential impacts on workers is speaking out very strongly on what might be a small possibility, but it is a possibility. Is it not? that DPW workers would be impacted by the loss of this work?
20: Again, I can't speak with clarity on how much of this work uh, the Steam Shop relies upon. I have to imagine that they have other duties other than the Steam Shop, because even by their own admission, if the size of the work um, reaches a certain threshold, they have to go out and contract. contract out
0: anyway because the yeah. shop is so small. Is there it, anyone it, that can speak to that? Is there anyone from DPW who can speak to? If we never work on the steam loop again, do we have plenty of work to keep people employed? If you can speak to that, sir, please, please come. Who are you again, sir?
24: Hello again. Um, Yeah, so I mean, I could make bigger repairs to the steam loop uh, if I hired more workers and we were allowed to do the work we needed to do. Um, You know, I I usually give them uh, a lot of ideas on how to repair the steam loop every year. And, you know, since it doesn't, you know, we have a lot of planning and budget to consider and we're always trying to keep the labor you know, stocked with work to do so we can negotiate more work.
0: I didn't catch who you are and what you do, sir.
24: I'm Chris Kazarian, and I'm a member of Local 38, and I'm also working for the DPW Steam Shop. So I do the maintenance and repairs on the smaller uh, items in the loop. Okay, thank you, sir. All right.
0: All right, um, Wintraub and then Mazzola.
25: Thank you. Um, I just, again, wanna clarify what our vote is. It's to grant an easement um, which may, as Commissioner Mazzola pointed out, may have trigger a number of other decisions, but decisions about um, specifically like fiscal impact, like getting these repairs done, who's paying for it, who's going to maintain um, the pipes post a transfer, and then steam rate, a contractual steam rate uh, in the future, all of that will be decided by the Board of Supervisors. That is not for Rec and Park to decide, am I correct?
20: You're, you're absolutely correct, and I was just about to mention that, thank you.
25: <laughs> okay, thank you.
20: One, if I may. Yes, sir, uh, please. President Anderson. Um, there's also, I mean, there's a little bit of a time element to this. I know it's a, a weighty decision, but as you have all seen, We do have steam coming up out of the ground. Um, In one section, the roadway actually melted, (coughs) and we had to put a steel plate uh, over the hole to prevent um, injury and liability. Um, We run the risk of people being injured either by exposing themselves to the steam Mm -hmm. and getting burned or by falling through a hole if the asphalt melts. And also, I guess more importantly, the potential damage to other underground infrastructure, you know, communication lines, electrical lines, because the steam is escaping into places it's not supposed to be. So I I just wanted to make you all aware that, that one, the ultimate decision of whether to actually transfer the steam loop will be made by the Board of Supervisors at a later date. And secondly, um, every day that passes, brings potential liability exposure to the city.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. I'm I'm gonna just take one more comment from a commissioner and then I have to stop this. <laughs> Vanita Louie, please.
21: What about me? I was on the prefer-
0: Oh I'm sorry. You're gonna
2: come Larry and then Vanita. And that's it.
9: You want me to go last? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: So I just have a, a just one question. So uh, we're voting on the the easement and it kind of scary that there is uh, um, kind of a safety, a big safety issue, you know, with the steam coming out of the ground and everything. But I just want to clarify, so this whole implementation and what is brought on after that has no cost to the Rec and Park Department? That's correct. Go ahead.
0: Commissioner Mazzola.
21: Okay, thank you. Um, So my final comments will be that it's not, Real estate's fault it's not Park and rec's fault it's definitely not the worker's fault that the budget is the way it is um, but the city does spend a lot of money like I said, five billion dollars on contracting out, and I can go on and on on how many nonprofits are paid um, out of the city coffers that frankly don't do anything um so th- there's there's a lot going on there um and I hate that it puts us in a position. To make a decision on something that could hurt workers and probably will um so with that being said you know i'm still going to vote against this and i hope my commissioners will support me on this because of the residual effects this is going to have like i said if there was a way to let the dpw shop continue to do the work that they've always done and then after that threshold then that company kicks in and does the rest I'd probably be more amenable to this, but just to strip it all away makes no sense to me. You're 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 contracting out and taking jobs away, no matter how you look at it. But if there was some threshold that they would continue to do the smaller stuff, and we could and then sub out the bigger stuff, I wish somebody would have talked to me before, because you know this just came up when I read my agenda last night. Maybe I should read my agenda earlier, and that's my fault. But when when there's jobs that are going to be affected on something, I wish the city would reach out to the affected workers and say, Hey, here's what we're going to do. How's this going to affect your shop? What can we do? So that might've worked a lot easier instead of this just being sprung on us today. And I wanted to make that perfectly clear, um, because this will affect jobs. I don't care how you look at it. And we're not in the business of (coughs) taking jobs. We're in, in the business of creating new jobs and keep people working in San Francisco. And, uh, I just think this is the wrong message to send just to to transfer all this to some private entity that's just going to have carte blanche forever and you know the shop's going to dwindle to nothing if we keep doing stuff like this. So if there was a way to have some threshold I'd be happy to sit down and talk to whoever I need to talk to but I wish this was brought up earlier.
0: Thank you. this is a net neutral agreement in terms of the RPD's role. So, for example, in Section 4A of the agreement, it says that when ECSF is doing its work, if there are any impacts that would, um, if there was anything that happened that would impact the revenues that we generate when we park there and Rec and Park gets the revenues, they would make us whole. Is that correct?
20: That's correct.
0: Okay. So, there are aspects of this that make total sense and it's fiscally responsible. And in general, I'm in agreement that we should approve this easement. But because my colleague Larry, who I believe is a subject matter is expert on the work that's going to be taken away, he's just given a very creative suggestion on a neutral impact on the workers. Um, you know, I think that we need to do the fiscally responsible thing, and I ask each commissioner to think about this Um, and I think we need to close discussion and go to a vote.
21: Can I make a motion? Yes sir. I'd like to make a motion that the Rec and Park Commission deny the easement for the steam loop.
0: Do you have a comment on that?
20: I I, I do. Um, uh, First, With regards to outreach, uh, it's always my um, desire and practice to outreach to commissioners who want uh, to be outreached to before an item comes before you. And I apologize that that didn't happen. Um, I was under the impression that- uh, Don't put it on me. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm not putting it on you. you I'm apologizing to you because I was under the impression that that no one desired one. And obviously that was a false impression. Secondly, um, I wish that the the compromise that um, the commissioner suggested would be possible, but unfortunately, ownership is binary. You either own something or you don't. And in order for the city to do some work and then have the company do other work, we would have to go back to the status quo where the city owns the steam loop and then we have the ability to decide Who does that work? Um, We have seen the condition of the steam loop when the city maintains ownership. And I don't think that that condition is gonna improve. I I sincerely believe it's gonna get worse. Thank you.
0: Thank you, we have a motion on the table. Is there a second to Commissioner Larry Mazzola's motion? Second. All those in favor state, (coughs) well, are we gonna do roll call?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's probably a good idea for this one, so.
0: Okay, what is the motion? um, Commissioner Mazzola, what is the motion?
21: The motion is to deny, to not recommend that the Board of Supervisors approves an easement for ECSF to be able to access the steam loop.
1: OKAY, AND COMMISSIONER HALSEY
3: SORRY sorry TO um, INTERRUPT, BUT MAYBE ANDRICO, uh, YOU CAN ANSWER, OR ASHLEY, OR SARAH, OR STACY, IS WHAT IS IT THAT GOES TO THE BOARD? IS IT THE EASEMENT ITSELF FOR APPROVAL? OR IS IT THE TRANSFER OF OWNERSHIP OF THE ASSET? BECAUSE I'M NOT SURE, COMMISSIONER Mazzola. YOU KNOW, THIS MAY NOT CHANGE THE OUTCOME HERE, BUT I'M NOT SURE THAT THE MOTION WOULD BE TO uh, recommend to the board that they deny the easement. I I think the easement it says that it says that on here. Okay, I'm just reading. I, could, read be, what I could be wrong about it. Sorry, read, I could be wrong about that. Let
21: me read the wording. We would we
0: would oh, recommend. We have our,
3: hold on. We have our city attorney here. Sorry, Madam President, I didn't realize that. Um, uh, it's
0: it's basically kind of a go forth sort of thing. It's it's up to the board of supervisors to approve an access and utility. Right, easement but we typically
3: do not forward. Um, the board does not approve us granting easements typically. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that um, says on that. What we're what you guys are I voting on is yeah, within I'm looking, your jurisdiction. And yeah,
0: exactly. I'm looking at the agenda wording. That's all.
1: Yeah. Manu, were you going to say something about that? <laughs> okay.
0: Thank you.
3: What are they voting on? <laughs>
0: yeah. We're sorry to put you on the spot, Manu. Do you want me to read? No no problem. Good morning, everybody. Can I read it to you, please? Uh,
27: Sure, if you can, if you could just read it.
0: Discussion and possible action, meaning we don't have to take action, right? right? Discussion and possible action to recommend that the Board of Supervisors approve an access and utility easement for Energy Center San Francisco, LLC, to be able to access the steam loop located under Civic Center Plaza and within the Civic Center garage.
27: Right, and uh, what can I? What questions do you have about that? My my question,
3: um, Manu, was: Is the board the when? Is the board actually approving the permanent the easement because it's longer than 10 years or something like that, <laughs> or is the board's action to approve the transfer of THIS OF THE STEAM LOOP, WHICH IS NOT IN OUR JURISDICTION, TO THIS OTHER ENTITY. SO I, AND AGAIN, COMMISSIONER Mazzola, YOU COULD MOVE TO DENY THE EASEMENT, BUT IS, BUT IT WOULD, DOES THIS, IS, IS THE BOARD ACTING ON THE EASEMENT OR IS THE BOARD ACTING ON THE TRANSFER OF THE ASSET? THAT'S WHAT I WANT, THAT'S WHAT I'M TRYING TO UNDERSTAND.
27: UNDERSTAND, GIVE ME ONE MOMENT.
0: AND WHILE THEY'RE um, CONVERSING, I WOULD JUST LIKE TO POINT OUT THAT WE CAN SIMPLY DECIDE not to act, and they can move forward and do what they need to do. They're
21: gonna do it (laughs) anyways.
0: Yeah. Hi, I'm Deputy City
26: Attorney Nancy Taylor. Um, So the transfer agreement has certain contingencies to the close of the transfer of the title of the asset. A condition to close is that they obtain, and there's a couple, but one of them is that they obtain this easement for the facilities that are located within the garage because obviously once title transfers to ECSF, they want to make sure that they have a recorded right to access the facilities that they own so that they can maintain them. So the transfer agreement will go to the Board of Supervisors for approval. (coughs) Um, They will also approve this or deny this easement, um, as well as another easement for a different portion of the loop.
0: Commissioner Mazzola, may I suggest that you reword your motion?
21: I think it was perfect the way I said it, (laughs) but I'll reword it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I recommend, no, my motion is that we do not recommend to the full board to give a utility easement to ECSF.
0: And do I have a second? Second. All right. Let's have some comment from our attorney.
27: Sure. Uh, the only piece I would add to what my colleague said is that the as the general manager mentioned, the, the pipes themselves are not, they're under the park, but they're not we part understand. of the park. I get it. Uh, the specific question before the commission is approval of the easement. That is assuming the board uh, does uh, approve the transfer the, what the easement would do is allow the transferee to access the pipes. for me. I get it. Yeah,
0: we we get it. But and they really haven't had an issue to the, access the, as it is. So, the, uh, we the, have,
21: through the chair, the way I look at this, it's it's do we recommend that they do it or do they not recommend? And frankly, they don't. They never care what we say or recommend. So they're going to do what they want anyways. Right.
0: Well, the motion is we do not recommend this. That is the motion.
21: That's the motion. Let's don't have
0: recommend. A call it, vote, and, please. Please. and
27: just to be make sure the record is clear is the recommendation that you're making against uh, the transfer against the easement or or both?
0: We do not recommend that well, the board of supervisors approve an access and utility easement for Energy Center San Francisco to be able to access the steam loop located under Civic Center Plaza and within the Civic Center
21: garage. That's what I said half an hour ago.
0: <laughs> That's what we're voting on now, because we have a motion and a second. Sure.
21: So I guess both? I don't know, it's how it's written well, it's, here. Uh, I guess it, It's how it's written, so we're just repeating how it's written. Right, right. It's just
0: the opposite of the agenda language, or, essentially. Th- yes. Or Commissioner Mazzola, we could simply vote not to take action, which I prefer. Well, let's because they're gonna, the Board of Supervisors is going to do what it's going to do. Right. I so think I, since
1: there's been a motion in a second, though, now do I need to take a roll call, of Manu?
0: Well, he can, he can withdraw his motion if he decides that we simply are not going to take action.
27: I, I guess the question I would pose, but again, it's up for you to how to structure your motion, is assuming the board were to approve the transfer and it moves forward, would the commission still want to disapprove the easement?
0: Only if it came back to us would we even have to discuss it. Right. So I think
21: we should. How does that matter? I
0: like the idea of changing this. Let it go to the Board of Supervisors. Let them hammer this out.
21: Yeah. And then then if it comes
0: back to us, we'll tackle it then.
2: And then we'll go show up at their meeting. May
0: I suggest a friendly amendment?
21: Suggest something.
0: I would like to suggest that we take no action on this item.
21: I will change my motion that we take no action on this item.
0: Do I have a second? Second. Second. Let's have a roll call vote, please.
1: Do they need to take a roll call vote on not taking an action, Manu? Yeah.
0: I don't All think right. they need All to All those that. in favor?
1: So I think um, if we could have Commissioner Mazzola withdraw his motion. I thought he just did, but. Um, and then I think what you can just say is that the commission is not taking action on item nine. OK. I don't think we need to vote on not taking an action, if I'm correct.
0: Commissioner that, Mazola, would correct. you entertain okay. withdrawing your motion so that we can take no action on this item?
21: Okay, I thought I did too, but I will withdraw my Hallisee, first. would motion. you
0: withdraw your second? I will. All right. So Preach. we are in agreement. We are taking no action on this item. We don't have to vote.
1: Thanks, everybody. Taking action. Okay. okay. Let's move on. Uh, we are now, <clears throat> unless anyone else does anything. Okay, great. Um, we are now on item ten. More fun with Antonio and Tiffany. The Recreation Park Department budget overview. This is an action item, by the way.
28: <laughs> thank you, Ashley. Um, thank you, Commissioners. Antonio, Director of Administration and Finance, Antonio Guerra, here to discuss the department's budget proposal for the next two fiscal years. And um, you're okay, Ashley? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. Um, to start off, with this has been the most challenging budget situation that I have seen in my over 10 years here in San Francisco. And so what this presentation is, is a recap of our projected deficit, what has caused that deficit, the department's plan on how we go about solving that, and what happens if we don't get earned revenue and protect this department uh, even further. So why don't we start with the first slide. With me here is our budget manager, Tiffany Wong. So this projection from December 2023, as you might recall, we start off fiscal year 25, the first year of the budget with a small slight deficit, but really in the out years, we begin to have large projected deficits and this is a rolling two year budget fiscal year 26, 16.7 million in year two of this budget uh, using estimates uh, that the city uses. Uh, On The next slide. We've talked about these key drivers of our department's deficit in prior meetings. But to recap, expenditures overall are growing. Both the cost of personnel and city department services outpacing projected growth in revenue. But at the same time, our revenues are flat. The open space fund, our allocation of property tax is slowing in terms of growth. The general fund baseline is not matching the cost of services. And in fact, uh, a little further on the slide, the implementation challenges of Prop B, our support is not indexed to inflation. And we have to absorb cost increases from other city departments. And when we do lose $3 million during bad deficit years, it's not one time, it's on an ongoing basis. Earned revenue, the third component of our budget, is flat when you look at uh, pre-pandemic highs back in 2019. You're all well aware of the utility costs and over na- overall nine million dollar increase with the loss of the subsidized municipal power rate and the cost of the new stormwater surcharge there's some restrictions on our earned revenue based on public policy Our scope has expanded too due to new spaces and new programs and then finally security and storm response costs are increasing due to weather and street conditions so The next two slides have our budget balancing principles, which you approved in January, and we've really tried to present a proposal to the Commission that takes into consideration every single one of these principles. Um, I will read these very quickly, but I, I just want to read them for emphasis. We're gonna make budget choices that are responsible and responsive to the ongoing structural financial imbalances facing our city and our department while honoring the mayor's stated budget priorities, public safety, citywide economic vitality, mental health, accountability, and equity. Make choices that best support the city's continuing economic recovery and that most directly align with the department's strategic plan and commitment to equity. Continue to uphold the essential role parks play by ensuring our spaces remain safe, clean, and accessible preserve programs and services that support equitable park access, recreation, and youth development for high needs, families and vulnerable populations. On the next slide, we are going to challenge us to deliver core services as effectively and efficiently as possible by relying on new partnerships, technologies, and work practices post pandemic honor voter investment in parks and facilities by minimizing cuts to dedicated funding for maintenance sustain our responsibility as environmental stewards and support the city's adaptation policies, protect core services by pursuing new and bolder revenue ideas and partnerships to replace depleted general funds and earn revenues impacted by the pandemic and continue to support and cultivate a diverse and connected and engaged workforce that delivers outstanding services. So in brief, how are we doing this? First, We're gonna implement the million dollar and mid-year budget cuts on an ongoing basis as directed by the mayor, including the elimination of six vacant positions and add back in a work order. We're not anticipating any layoffs. We're estimating about 78, 79 FTE will be unfunded by fiscal year 26. $12.8 million in overall program reductions to be implemented in the second year of this budget. Divisions are proposing to keep vacant positions open, not backfill new vacancies, and reduce non-personnel services and materials and supply spending. We are assuming $5 million of additional earned revenue in year two of this budget. And without new earned revenue, the risk of layoffs increases. And so about eight, eight to nine positions, depending on the classification, for each million dollar of deficit. So that's what happens if we don't get additional revenue. First with the departmental efficiencies and cost reductions. So in parks, Golden Gate Park and natural areas, we're gonna see a $4 million uh, of unfunded positions and reduction in materials and supplies and non-personnel, about 400,000 of unfunded positions in urban forestry, and in the marina, 300,000 of unfunded positions and a reduction of temporary salaries, no reductions to the rangers, and so the noticeable impacts here are smaller gardener apprentice classes, more park maintenance positions held vacant, And as I mentioned, no change to ranger staffing. On the next slide, the recreation program will have $3 million reduction, which is composed of unfunded positions and reduction in temporary salaries and materials and supplies. Golf and turf, that's a $1.1 million uh, reduction proposed of unfunded positions and materials and supplies. This means reduced rec center and pool hours, fewer overall rec programs, and fewer resources to maintain golf courses. The structural maintenance yard and asset management, 1.5 million of defunded positions and a temporary salaries reduction. In capital and planning, we'll have a $200,000 elimination of a city planning work order. And within the administration, $2.3 million reduction coming from defunded positions, temporary salaries and materials and supplies. So that's, this means fewer staff available to fix and maintain park facilities, respond to storms and vandalism, and manage administrative functions. On the next slide, we've talked about one of the strategies being that we're gonna have our self-supported programs run as enterprises. So first, the Marina Yacht Harbor, the budget and legislative analysts as uh, just last month stated that fee re- increases of up to 31.4% are necessary to cover the ongoing structural deficit in the marina. So a new fee proposal has been proposed to eliminate this current deficit. With the golf courses, the department is considering incorporating golf course maintenance agreements at Sharp and Lincoln Golf Courses. The department's also going to be seeking additional tournaments for Harding Park and budget an additional million dollars of revenue in fiscal year uh, 26.
0: Can you speak Ma- up, Antonio? Sorry, you're sort of droning out. Sorry.
28: I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. the budget is a bummer. <laughs> I,
0: know, I know. I can <laughs> at tell. At Camp
3: Mather. You you're, not, you're not getting happy,
28: peppy, you Antonio. No, you Today. look crestfallen.
0: But I'm having a hard time hearing you. I, head I head.
28: apologize. <laughs> I usually have a booming voice. and I, I, I know. Okay. God so, love you. At Mather. <laughs> The part the department will budget an additional $200,000 in fiscal year 26 and work towards developing initiatives to reduce the overall general fund subsidy. Some of our other initiatives uh, for efficiencies and cost reductions. Uh, talked a lot about contracting contracting in the park stop program in partnership with the human services agency. So, um, WE'RE STILL ANALYZING WHEN THIS WOULD TAKE PLACE, POTENTIALLY JANUARY 1, THE CONVERSATIONS ARE TAKING PLACE. SO BY FISCAL YEAR 26, uh, $450,000 TO BE EXACT. Uh, pro- THESE PROGRAM CHANGES ARE STILL IN PROGRESS. Uh, WE'RE LOOKING TO REVISE OUR AGREEMENT in- WITH THE SAN FRANCISCO. Antonio, JUST A QUICK PAUSE THERE. That, OF COURSE. Um,
3: that WE HAVE A CURRENT CONTRACT WITH A NONPROFIT TO pro- SUPPORT Park Stop. So we feel like we can do it more efficiently and take advantage of human services agencies, um, state, federal, and uh, local workforce development opportunities and actually bring that function in-house. Good. okay, Saving money.
0: Thanks for the clarification.
3: (laughs) Sometimes.
28: Commissioner Mazzoli.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please, on top, on top, continue.
28: Yes, uh, we would like to revise our agreement with the San Francisco Botanical Garden Society. So we're, this is a conservative estimate of $500,000 of additional operation support in year two of this budget. Uh, the agreement that we have with them uh, states that we have to wait to revise it uh, until the third year of the agreement. That third year is coming up, so it has to be next year. Uh, we're looking to offset water cost increases uh, from the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission with operation support on park properties co-managed by uh, both eight, both them and Rec Park. So, as you are aware, utility costs are projected to annually rise overall by roughly 1.9 million in dollars in both years of this budget. So, the department is continuing negotiations with the PUC for work performed at Lake Merced, Camp Mather, and other SFPUC properties. Uh, we also have slight reductions to workers' compensation costs over time and training budgets. This would be about $100,000 to $150,000 in savings. And then still in progress, consolidating office space, uh, we're looking specifically at 49 South Van and additionally reducing the cost of interdepartmental work orders such as technology, licenses, vehicle leasing, and utilities in and of themselves. So on the next slide, I think those first slides talked a lot about the reductions, but why are these reductions taking place and how do we ensure that we have the revenue to stop this bleeding? You've often heard us say that there are three main sources of revenue in this department. It's the general fund, the open space fund, and earned revenue. And the inability of these projected revenues to keep pace with projected expenses is the driver of this deficit. So with the general fund, we're assuming based off of current budget projections that there will be a $3 million increase annually offset by annual budget reductions directed by the mayor's office of uh, six roughly six hundred thousand dollars in both fiscal years and The one thing we should point out and this is on the budget schedule March 31st if the deficit is larger than 273 million dollars we will not receive that three million dollars of general fund support the open space fund in previous years, you've seen in uh, prior presentations, we've received up to $6 million of an increase. We have, in our budget, a cumulative increase of 300,000 in fiscal year 25, and 1.2 million in fiscal year 26. And then earned revenue. For fiscal year 25, the first year of this budget, we've actually lowered our earned revenue projection by $2 million. In the current year, we do something called a six-month report that sends that is set to the city controller. We are not meeting our projected earned revenue estimates by roughly $3 million. So we've taken a look at this revenue. Uh, We are going to reduce it by 2 million to reflect current year actuals and our projection. And then in the second year of this budget, we are increasing earned revenue by $5 million. In both of these years, we're assuming a marina fees increase, but specifically for year two, there are a lot of um, various items that uh, are consist of this increase. But we are, we are really working on trying to improve our earned revenue.
0: And would that include the renegotiation with the Gardens of Golden Gate Park?
28: That is part of it. Yeah, that okay. is part of it, yes. Okay. On the next slide, a little bit more detail on the revenue categories. Uh, this is essentially a a roll-up of the main categories that mentioned that are composed of this budget. Fiscal year 25, $2 million reduction. Um, We've talked about the current year performance. We are assuming revenue from drop-in fees at recreation gyms and tennis court reservation fees. Fiscal year 26, that increase in total earned revenue of $5 million, meaning 69 million in fiscal year 26. I do wanna point out one of our budget principles is to protect core services by pursuing new and bolder revenue ideas and partnerships to replace depleted general funds and earned revenues impacted by the pandemic. So some of these ideas still under consideration are new sources of parking revenue and additional special events. On the next slide, we've seen this slide before, but we really wanna point it out again, what happens if we don't increase our earned revenue? What happens is there will be more program reductions necessary and the public impact will be greater. So it's worse park maintenance and more broken stuff, dirtier restrooms and shorter hours, reduced public safety, fewer program offerings for kids and seniors and unable to meet demand for additional open spaces. On the next slide, I do wanna point out what we're trying to protect here in this department and capital and equipment When I started as budget manager, we had our high of $15 million of capital. It was incredible. It is now, and that was, I'm dating myself. This was 2015. It is now 2024 and our capital budget is $15 million. It has not grown. We're trying to keep it where it is because the cost increases due to storm damages are just, I won't say it's exponential, but it is rising dramatically. We, the storms are getting stronger and the needs are getting greater. We have more trees down in Stern Grove that we have to go ahead and um, clean up in preparation for the Stern Grove Festival. That's, that is happening now. And this is how we tackle that. So we're trying to continue to uphold the essential role parks play by ensuring our spaces remain safe, clean and accessible and honor voter investment in parks and facilities by minimizing cuts to dedicated funding for maintenance. The equipment piece, those are the tools that our staff members use out in the field. Those are the mowers. Those are, mm. we're trying to, to uh, transfer over to electric equipment as opposed to gas power. That is what they use.
3: There's a, a mandate yeah. commissioners yep. that oh. is candidly unfunded.
0: Yeah.
28: Uh, It was $2 million, if if you'd like to know what it was back when I started as budget manager in Tiffany's role back in 2015, we have 1.5 in this budget. So we are really trying to protect those core, um, these core pieces of the budget. On the next slide, it's a little bit of a discussion about our capital planning committee and how it works is, in the previous presentation, but uh, we present unfunded capital requests to the city administrator's office uh, through the capital planning committee. And so we have two of them in this budget. Uh, Palace of Fine Arts, $15 million roof repair. Uh, additionally, we have sewer water that does not properly drain and backflows into the tenant's occupied space. We're anticipating a new sewer line will need to be installed. And the marina seawall, $92 million. So the majority of expenditures would fund repair and seismic thinning of the seawall. The high priority items include an updated cost estimate, riprap, and sidewalk work. Do I anticipate getting $92 million? No, but potentially we could get money for phasing.
0: In FEMA, we have have grants
28: to FEMA, right? We are looking at grants for FEMA, correct, yes
3: are extremely that's that's not a you know an easy source of oh I know cure. yeah
28: can I add a silver lining
0: yes that would be great <laughs> please <laughs>
28: <laughs> new parks in the southeast so um, upon your approval and this will be coming soon and OCI approval RPD will begin to main the hunters Port point shipyard parks on January 1st 2025 so we're going to request funding from the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure for five positions, materials and supplies and utilities and maintenance for a total of $1.1 million. And additionally, we are looking to add in this budget a new campus manager position that would coordinate the services and programming at the new waterfront park in India basin. So um, that is a few pieces of uh, silver lining in this budget. On the next slide, Budget outreach and schedule in bold is today's date, February 15th, where you consider this budget. February 21st, by law, by the city charter, our submission as a department is due to the mayor and controller. And so I'll talk a little bit about the technical piece here. We literally, our computer access gets cut off. We hand this over to the mayor and it's all yours. Mayor's budget office will, will take the baton and start running their piece of the race. March 31st is that date where I mentioned where we'll find out uh, if it will get $3 million of general fund. June 1st, the mayor will submit her proposal to the Board of Supervisors and committee hearings will begin. Um, And I do want to point out, this proposed budget is going to be changing by June 1st, there'll be labor negotiations, we'll get work order changes, the mayor's gonna review this, her team will review this, we'll have a lot of conversations that will continue. So this is one step along this road. And I'd like to thank you and.
3: I'm gonna wrap, wrap this up um, just with a couple of high-level reflections before you go to public comment and then ask questions. Uh, I wanna start uh, with some deep thanks to Antonio and to Tiffany. Um, this really is a challenging one. It's, this is on par, in some respects, maybe even a little bit more painful with my first budget in this department, which was in 2009, 910. Uh, uh, it's the same kind of, wow, this is bad. Um, and uh, the level of transparency and communication and coordination, not just with members of the public, not just with this commission, but with all of our Staff, uh, all of our staff, from our, you know, rank and file field staff all the way to the, you know, to the directors and the managers, has really been um, extraordinary, and it's been an internal principle of ours to be very transparent, to be very honest, and to be very open, and also to listen. Uh, we've had antonio and i have both had some wonderful conversations with staff members who after our all staff meeting had different ideas some work some don't uh on how to generate revenue on how to save money all of it we take very very seriously because often some of the best ideas come from the men and women in the field Uh, next reflection those budget principles that you've now seen three or four times that you've approved that antonio started with this presentation remain fundamentally important to us. They were our wayfinding signs on how we navigated this budget. Um, and we intend to honor them. No one will be denied access to our programs and services based on ability to pay. We do have to you know, the city in general, and you know you saw this conversation on the item before, the city has to reduce its the scope of what it can do. It does not have the same it does not have adequate funding to continue to provide the same level and depth of service that it's been providing. And there are obviously policy choices that we make here, but policy choices that the that the mayor and the board of supervisors and the city is making as a whole as to what its prior what the the priorities are. The mayor has articulated that public safety remains a you know a pretty important priority, economic, downtown economic recovery. These things remain very important priorities, feeling out, figuring out how to, how to, um, you know, continue to manage the fentanyl, you know, epidemic remains and and homelessness remain high priorities for our mayor. Um, So everything you see here are, you know, um, we intend to honor the principle of making sure that regardless of who you are, what neighborhood you're from, and what your economic, you know, status is, you will have access to our programs. It's why we have our scholarship fund. Um, And where we are trying to move to on recreation in particular is really figuring out, based on best practices and based on research, what is, on a macro level, the appropriate level of subsidy for our recreation programs. We currently subsidize 80 cents on every dollar of recreation programming we deliver. So our cost recovery is 20%. That is on the low end nationally. There's just no question about that. So what should the level be, meaning that those who can pay should pay and those who cannot, we still want to, it's still our principle and our philosophy to protect. Uh, And then, uh, the slide about enterprises remains very fundamental. It's not just a policy decision. We actually have enterprise budgeting and funds. The marina and golf in particular are supposed to pay for themselves. They have not for a number of years for a variety of reasons. We need to move in that direction. We can no longer justify using our general fund dollars that that keep our rec centers open, that keep our parks well-maintained, that keep our irrigation systems functioning. We cannot use that source for golf and the marina. And frankly, we need to get Mather, uh, you know, slightly more in that direction too. Um, What Antonio said, so there are no layoffs in this budget, which is frankly a miracle. So I want us to take some pride in the fact that we have been responsible about our reserves. We've been thoughtful. Um, Dana and her team have done a wonderful job bouncing back from the pandemic when, by the way, we lost $35 million of revenue during the pandemic. We're just now coming back to, to, to that amount. Um, but when Antonio said, you know, back in 2009, my mantra was, this is a math problem. For every dollar we earn, it's a dollar we don't have to cut. So that, uh, you're not seeing them this year. This year, we think we've got this mostly managed with some pain. The concern for us is in year two, year three, and year four, where our deficit, structural deficits, jump to 12 and then, what, 18? Where do they go, Antonio?
28: Yeah, so it was 17, 24, 27.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So those are serious numbers, and if we do not increase our revenue, and that is going to require us to come to you with some unpopular decisions. But if we do not do that, then it's cut, and then that means layoffs. Not this year, but down the road. If we do not solve the structural imbalance, uh, that's 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 sort of what we're sort of what we're facing. So, I think overall um, that Im- there will be some impacts, keeping positions vacant, some per- you know some for the entire year, some for longer as we turn up attrition. But we've we've we're going to get through this, and I don't think for the most part the public is going to. Uh, y- y- there'll be some impacts, but it's you know we're, we think that they're manageable this year but we really have to take this very seriously for the next next three years. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop there.
0: Thank you. Do I have any commissioner questions at this point? Annie. I just have a couple of clarifying questions. Um. One-
3: uh, Wanna
26: do public comment?
0: Yeah, we'd oh, like sorry, her to ask sorry. a question first and then public comment. Okay,
1: go ahead, commissioner. Please.
0: Yes. Okay.
26: <laughs> um, so first, thank you so much I understand this is so hard, right? And um, I think the budget values and guiding principles are super helpful. Um, you know, I have utmost trust in all of our staff that we're doing this with heart and head, um, but I think it's a, a great reminder as we go through what's gonna be a hard a hard process. Um, so I just wanted to, and so the we're great about the no layoffs, but I'm, I'm looking specifically at the recreation slide um, and a reduction of temporary salaries. Yeah. So, does that mean like as-needed employees?
3: Anthony, I'll, I'll try to take some yeah. of if you don't mind. Yes, it means um, uh, you know. So, our model: we have a permanent civil service core staff, um, Commissioner. You know this very well because you're you're you know embedded in in, in our program in many ways. Um, and then we have we use recreation leaders to deliver programming. Right. Our overall uh, uh, budget for recreation leaders is going to is shrinking. Okay. Um, Now, what kind of impact that has? It means we have to take a slightly harder look at how we're staffing certain programs, Mm -hmm. and making decisions about you know some programs that are under enrolled. Mm -hmm. So there are some ways to do this that may not. PINCH QUITE AS MUCH, BUT IT WILL PINCH A LITTLE BIT. I MEAN, YOU KNOW, WE ARE GOING TO OVERALL, YOU'LL PROBABLY SEE FEWER PROGRAMS OFFERED you know, ON A MACRO LEVEL THAN WE HAD OFFERED IN PREVIOUS YEARS, WHETHER THAT'S, YOU KNOW, uh, DURING THE SCHOOL YEAR OR, or DURING SUMMER CAMP. Mm-hmm. NOW, YOU KNOW, WE'VE GOT SOME CORE PROGRAMS THAT WE'RE NOT GOING TO TOUCH, RIGHT? But. Um, we we have to make some we have to make some some tougher um, decisions about that and this is why, you know we, we talked about um, really our strategy you know we mentioned uh, you know sort of drop in um, fees as a as a as a strategy that's really part of a larger strategy which means we need to have the conversation about what based on what other jurisdictions are doing and what we can afford what is the right level. OF SUBSIDY FOR OUR RECREATION PROGRAMMING I MEAN YOU KNOW WE SHOULD DEFINITELY BE SUBSIDIZING RECREATION PROGRAMMING BUT SHOULD IT BE 20 PERCENT OR SHOULD IT BE 50 PERCENT AND IF IT'S 50 PERCENT THEN WHAT PROGRAMS DO WE TRY TO RECOVER SOME COSTS FROM AND HOW DO WE DO THAT IN A WAY THAT DOESN'T IMPACT OUR MOST VULNERABLE CHILDREN WHICH WE WILL NOT IMPACT AS A RESULT OF THIS
26: THANK YOU UM AND AND SO JUST A FOLLOW-UP SO THE REDUCTION IN THE temporary rec leads as need employees are going to be seen in this fiscal year? Yeah. That's not a four or five year thing. Correct. Um, And then um, I think when we had this presentation at Capital Committee, I had um, brought up the something that I'm curious about is the scholarship. Um, Just, you know, the narrative, a lot of a theme that we're seeing in this budget is just the increased costs. For everything right so um, I'm curious again I want to ask this question again of do our scholarship kind of categories or qualifications when's the last time we've looked at those are those being kind of adapted and um, you know an increased in relation to this acceptance that things are there's a higher cost of living so but basically what I'm asking is when the you know who's gonna qualify for these?
3: I think our scholarship program, um, which we're very proud of, which has been developed over the last, you know, during you know this team's team's tenure, um, remains very viable and very applicable. We have different levels of scholarship. It's it's basically modeled after the school district's free and reduced lunch program, and which, as you know, there are subsidies at twenty five percent, fifty percent, and one hundred percent. Our our you know youth in public housing. You know, receive a hundred percent scholarship for us. From us, they will continue to do that, and so we're not tinkering. We're not re- reducing or constraining the eligibility for our scholarship program, nor are we growing it. Um, you know, we this gets to what is the right level of overall right level of cost recovery. <coughs> but our guiding budget principle that everyone shall have an opportunity to enjoy our programming regardless of ability to pay mm-hmm. remains inviolate. We will not touch that.
26: And so yeah, just the just the logistical question is is that is the scholarship eligibility or ranges is that something that's like reassessed annually it's what what is our process for that no
3: we don't have a specific we don't have a specific um we haven't had a specific Mm -hmm. budget and you know as we proceed over the next few years we may have to decide okay you know maybe you know scholarship eligibility for one two three programs but not five six or seven Mm -hmm. but um WE'RE NOT GONNA, WE'RE GONNA STICK BY THE FREE AND REDUCED LUNCH, cri- YOU KNOW, ELIGIBILITY CRITERIA. Okay. Um, SO I DON'T THINK YOU'LL SEE AN EXPANSION OF OUR SCHOLARSHIP PROGRAMMING BECAUSE FRANKLY THAT PUSHES US IN A DIFFERENT DIRECTION THAT right. WE CANNOT AFFORD OR SUSTAIN. BUT WE ARE PROTECTING IT.
26: OKAY. Um, YOU KNOW, JUST FOR THE RECORD, I THINK IF WE'RE GOING TO GO DOWN THE ROAD OF INCREASING payments or at drop-in centers or adding anything new that, you know, that that is put on the kind of consumer, the customer who we're serving, Mm -hmm. that that would be something that I would also want to be looking at.
3: Of course. So, I mean, I think that the the drop-in is a very small piece of this. It may not have actually, you know, warranted a higher, you know, the the profile we gave it, because again, this is about subsidy, but Mm -hmm. that would apply, the scholarship program would apply to that too. So we wouldn't.
26: and then my last point about this is in, it's related to this too, if we're in the position where we're cutting programs, so there we already know our programs are so great and so high in demand. Um, if this is gonna be even harder for folks to access our, and I'm, I'm speaking just recreation, this is my my thing. Um, are, is there also, I, I would just like us to think about, to, um, what's the right way to say this, that there's, that that is also considered, is kind of who is the most at needed for these programs and if there's kind of going to be a, a line and what, you know what I mean, it's gonna be harder for folks to get into this, that that is somehow part of this conversation.
3: I think um, you may or may not be aware, but I hope you'd be very proud of the fact that for the last several, you know, few years, and we're not changing this too, we have, s- Started to uh, offer things like early enrollment for yes. our scholarship mm-hmm. kids, and we've done you know more targeted out- registration outreach in some of our more vulnerable communities, to give again you know our uh, kids who need it most um, uh, and and their families a leg up into being able to register and 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 access. And yeah. you know, look, every year we run into the regardless of our, the status of our budget, you know, some of our summer camps are like uh, you know. Uh, uh, DARE I SAY, uh, who's, WHO'S REALLY POPULAR RIGHT NOW? GOLDEN uh,
26: TICKET. Aunt
3: BEYONCE, <laughs> uh, yeah, I MEAN. THE GOLDEN TICKET. <laughs> yeah, uh, TAYLOR SWIFT, YEAH, HER. Taylor. THEY'RE LIKE A TAYLOR SWIFT TICKET. <laughs> yeah. uh, AND SO you know, THERE'S A DIFFERENCE BETWEEN HAVING CAMPS AND PROGRAMS AVAILABLE AND HAVING A SPECIFIC CAMP ON A SPECIFIC WEEK AVAILABLE,
28: mm-hmm. RIGHT? No. IF EVERYBODY,
3: YOU KNOW, WANTS A PARTICULAR CAMP ON THE THIRD WEEK OF SUMMER, THERE'S GOING TO BE, YOU KNOW, A LOTTERY there yeah.
26: right So, just double clicking how important those kind of initiatives and programs will heard. be as we go through this
3: heard very much so
25: thank you Carrie I'm just curious about the other earned revenue streams because that seems to be a lever to pull as you said it's something in our control like how do you calibrate what the market can bear I mean if you're going to increase um, Marina slip rentals by 31% are we like have you done an analysis to know that we're not gonna lose anyone? Can you increase Camp Mather fees and still have just as many families go? You know, there's so many different areas that um, where you could probably charge more, right. but how much?
3: We um, we are we are sensitive to that. We've you know our harbor master's very involved in the in the marina conversation. Um, we do have um, we st- still have pretty long wait lists on, you know, for for harbor for slip access. Um, look boaters are not going to be happy and you'll probably hear from some of them. Um, but I will also kind of you know remind you that um, you know what happened at the board last week just made it much more difficult for us to continue to sustain a harbor and my only principle is is that I'm not going to use general fund dollars anymore for that purpose. Um, uh And then with respect to things like Mather, first of all there are you know there are there remain certain controls on what we can charge and what we can't. Um, and yes, we we um, uh, are definitely sensitive to the demand side of the curve here and um, we have, some assistance with that in house. We, you know, uh, we have had experts in the past, but it's, we're, it's not lost on us as I guess what I would say to you.
0: And I, I think look, it's, we look at
3: best practices, by the way, you know, we look at other, I'm sorry, um, uh, madam president, but, we, you know, we look at other, other marinas, we look at other camp programs in both the public and the private sector. And, and again, we're toggling between, um, uh, making sure that we're accommodating, you know, our most vulnerable communities and and families that really can't afford it versus folks who prefer not to pay it.
0: All right, so that we don't lose our commissioners. Um, let's see if we can wind this up. I have one public comment. Can we hear from them, please?
1: Yeah, Richard.
29: Dale. I am uh, Richard Harris with the San Francisco Public Golf Alliance Uh, and first uh, congratulations to uh, the department and to the First Tee for opening this weekend of the Golden Gate Park uh, nine-hole course. It it is a wonderful facility and the department has worked well with the uh, golf philanthropic uh, uh, community Uh, as a as a kickoff to uh, points raised in the letter that I hope you have seen. Uh, Thank you. Um, Your biggest source by far of earned revenue is your golf courses. Um, And where you have a customer that has shown a willingness to pay and you're looking for new revenue go to that one strongly and don't disappoint that customer or break promises to that customer. I've given you, I, I've not given you chapter and verse in in this basically six paragraphs of text, but I have it. Um, and we'll be happy to share it with you. Um, the uh, With the golf courses, with the notion of of public-private partnership uh, doing at Sharp and Lincoln, what has been done at Golden Gate. We support that, we, have, uh, we will support that with all of our energy and all of our resources. And we encourage you to do that as soon as possible. Uh, and in the meantime, as you are working on that, keep these two courses, particularly Sharp and Lincoln, in better shape than they are now. And uh, we will encourage that. And we will do everything we can to help you with that. Uh, we Thank are you. enthusiastic. And we want to keep working with you.
0: Thank you, Richard. Thank you, And hope to see you tomorrow. And to the Alliance. <clears throat> Thank you. Just double
1: checking, is there anyone else here to comment on item 10? OK, seeing none. Commissioners?
0: I would just like to say thank you to Antonio and your staff. And I just want to give kudos to Phil and the experience that he brings. I've had an opportunity to meet privately with him from time to time. And the depth and breadth of his knowledge, because of all the different experiences he's had, as well as the connections that run all the way up to the state levels, I know that you guys are mining every opportunity here and that this department and your division will work magic as appropriate. So although it pains me greatly, there, is a lot, there are a lot of pain points in this budget and we're gonna hear things about privatization, it's gonna come, but I do think we need to be fair about what can people pay. Um, are we charging fees commiserate with other large metropolitan areas? We need to keep those sorts of things in mind, and we also need to take some responsibility in communicating with our supervisors, for example. You know, everyone here can make a huge impact talking to their supervisors. So with that, I would like someone to move to approve this um, budget amendment, I guess is what it is. I
19: move that we approve the recommended budgets for the Recreation and Park Department, for fiscal years 2024, 2025, and 2025, 2026.
0: Do I have a second? Second. Do we need to do a roll call? No. All right. Do all, all those things. in favor, state aye. <coughs> aye. 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 Any opposition? None. Therefore, approved. Thank you, everybody.
1: Okay. Next item. So um, we are now on item 11. This is a closed session. So before we go into closed session, I'm going to take public comment on item 11. Is there any public comment on item 11? Okay, seeing none and we have no callers, public comment is closed. Now, commissioners, I need you to vote um, on whether
0: or not to hold a closed session. Do I hear a motion and a second? Second. Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? None, it is approved to go into closed session.
1: Okay, so uh, it's gonna take me a second to put the sign up and everything, and then I'll come back and, and start the closed session.
11: TV San Francisco Government Television
0: Looks like we're back in okay. We are back session. in open session. Ashley, please lead.
1: Okay, Lingo um, for us, commissioners. I now need a motion and a second on whether to report on actions taken in closed session. I move to not report on actions taken in closed session.
21: Second.
0: All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? Okay. None.
1: And then also a motion and a second on whether to disclose any or all discussions.
0: I'll move to not disclose any and all second. discussions. And a second. All those in favor, state "aye." Aye. 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 Any opposition? None. Okay.
1: Great. closed session is completed. We're now on item 12. General public comment. I don't see anyone in the room. Um, is there anyone with their hand raised on our WebEx? No. So close. Uh, public comment is closed. We're now on item 13. Commissioners' matters. Is anything there matter? Are none. Okay um item 14 new business agenda setting anything on there for you all okay no commissioner has asked to speak (laughs) okay and we have no public to comment on the communications um anything from you all on communications
0: okay and we're now on item 16 adjournment move to adjourn need a second second all those in favor state aye. aye 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 any opposition None. We are adjourned at 12.51 p.m. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for hanging in.